everyone, Dave and Jeff. It is January 25th, 2023. I'm really excited, Jeff, about this. Uh, Dave, this is great because our guest is somebody that we have known for a long, long time. And, and we'll talk a whole lot of Padre baseball. But I think for me, what's going to be fun tonight, and, and Dave, I know you feel the same way, is talking to our pal, Mark Grant. Hello, Mudley. Guys, what's going on? It's, I mean, I'm uh, who's going to pay my toll, by the way? I'll pay. Who's, get, who's reimbursing me? I will reimburse you. For the love of Pete. You know, I'm, oh, I'm going to get there and I'm going to get Would there you leave at 17. <laughs> yeah. I had to spend the night in uh, Spring Valley. Ted thought we should have sent him a driver. Really? Yeah. yeah that's no, funny. he was kidding. I know. You know, I know I'm not so sure. But no, it's fun to be here. Now. When's, the last, when's the last time I was with you, clowns? We did it in Bubba's garage. Oh, you were there at like right. the at the first very beginning at the first that's run. Right. This but, is my first time in the garage. Yeah. Yes. But I, so there's so much. But money was funny driving down and and thinking about our history and my history with you, Dave and I's history with you. And there's so many fun things that I don't know that people really remember or may know about you that are kind of fun to talk about. And one of those is your background in local radio. Yeah. And so for me, it was, Mud, do you realize it was 28 years ago, yeah. coming up in March, I was a producer at KFMB for Chuck Fritch. I had never met Mud in person. I knew him as a player. And you were in Des Moines, Iowa. So go back. Well, it's longer than that because next year is my 28th season in the booth. I started in 96. Yeah, but but it'd be uh, March so we, of 95. Okay, so 29 years ago. Yeah. No, well, because I, count I'm, 95 is. Yeah. Right, but as we go back to that. I, let's how am I in math? <laughs> you're all right. No, because I started in 96. No, you're right. It's by, it's by a year. It's, right. it's, that's why when people always say. The Padres started in 69. Right, they yeah. go, here's the anniversary. Okay, it's actually this one year what, more. Exactly right. This right, is going right. to be a long show. Yeah. People are going to go 95 to 2000 was five years plus 23 is 28. But whatever. It doesn't He's matter. per year. When you were in <laughs> February of 95. Yeah, Chuck Fritch was giving me a hard time and you were giving me a hard time. No, but I hadn't okay. met you yet because right. you had already gone. But go back to February of 95. Okay, let's go back in the time. When you're getting ready to go to spring training with the Cubs right. and be part of Des Moines and be that. Like at that point, what if, if we would have had the chance to do this show then mm -hmm. and we would have said, okay, Mark. You're going to camp with your hometown Cubs, but but look at it. What did you think life was at that point? For I you? was at a crossroads. I, I, I still wanted to play. Everybody, if you're an athlete, especially yeah. a professional athlete, you want to go as long as you can, as yeah. hard as you, you can. You about thirty at that point? I quit. Ninety five. I quit at thirty one. I say quit because you have to be good to retire. <laughs> no, you played. <laughs> okay, let's let's say that. Yeah, till thirty one because Man. wanted. I thought it was the last go around. Went to Des Moines. Remember, that was the strike year. Uh -huh. Remember? I'll tell you what. It's amazing. When baseball was on strike, it's amazing how many clubs want you as a replacement player. I mean, lockout. Like, lockout. Right. Yeah. Right, lockout. And I had like 12 teams calling me. Hey, we need pitching. I said, no, I'm not going to. You know, that's I, I understand why guys would. Yeah. It's not for me to judge, but I'm not going to do that. Because mm -hmm. I didn't want to. You know, I'd spent six plus years in the big leagues and. Just didn't want to do it. So I had a nice relationship with Jim Riggleman, mm. uh, Jim Henry. Is it Jim? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the GM. And uh, who else was there with the Cubs? Anyway, I called them and said, hey, here's the deal. I want to come to camp. I always wanted to be a Cub. Yeah. So 
I want to come to spring training during this strike and uh, not pitch in the replacement games, but I want to try to make the Des Moines team, AAA. And they said, fine, we understand your career, what you're all about, what you want to do, and that's what you want to do, fine, you can come to camp. And I went to spring and made the club in Des Moines and never got called up. But then, long story short, had surgery next season, went to Taiwan, couldn't break a pane of glass, and called it quits. But it was like, this is my, I can feel like this is my last go around. At, at 30 years old, my yes. dad, can you imagine? At I know. 30, because for us, at 30, your career's starting, right? Dave and I, you have that opportunity yeah. and maybe jump into KFMB and you're doing nights, but this was a couple years earlier. And, and, and it's just, it's amazing, right? Because I don't know that people understand or always look at that. And remember when you're 30 years old, and whatever you're doing, then all of a sudden... I was scared. I really was. I really was. Because my my career didn't pan out the way I wanted it. Very few guys get to retire on their own terms. I mean, you're a first-round draft pick. I don't know if people yeah. realized you're a first-round draft pick. Yeah. Tenth overall pick, much? Mm-hmm. 1981. And... <laughs> I I've said this to people before and I've been, I, it, it's still, it doesn't haunt me today. You know, I don't mean this to be a therapy session or anything, but I was uh, disappointed in my career. I really was. I expected more out of me, but at the there same are time, times when there, but, but then again, if it doesn't pan out that way, I might not be sitting here next to you guys and Oh, then it was worth doing it. Padre. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But now in all honesty, it's one thing to say, Hey, I gave it a run and I wasn't as good as I thought I was going to be. Really, your career got you by injuries. Yes. I mean, you had a ton and ton of injuries. It wasn't well, it was your body. It wasn't, I had one shoulder, two shoulders, one elbow. Yeah, but when you're a pitcher, that's Yeah, important. but I mean, I bounced back from my first one that had a bone spur in my elbow. It wasn't like Tommy John or it wasn't like reconstruction in the shoulder. And I just, oh man, if and I'm sure like you guys, if, if you could go back in time and maybe change some things. Yeah, I would. I would. You know, there are you know, so, so many things I would try to change. A, a couple things. One is like I had the dream, like you did. I wasn't you, but I wanted to be a pro baseball player as long as I could remember. I remember getting in the car and four years old, five years old. My mom, what do you want to do? For, you know, with your life? And yeah. I go, I want to play pro baseball. Well, I wasn't that guy, but I remember when for me that the years came much sooner than for you. I literally was like, "What am I going to do now?" Like I started yeah. to panic. And, and you go, what do you, what do you do? For me, we went obviously into broadcasting. One reason I, or I did, the reason I chose broadcasting was it gets me as close to the game that I could possibly be without playing. Right. And also I have longevity. And when I talk to kids today who I coach, who I, I say, look, give it everything you got because there aren't too many Derek Jeters that call it when they want to call it. Everyone right. at some point is tapped right. on the shoulder saying it's over. Yeah. I remember in Des Moines pitching really well. I mean, and that's one of the reasons why I signed with the Cubs is twofold. One was I wanted to be a Cub. And secondly, the Cubs were kind of thin on pitching, Mm -hmm. starting pitching. So I went to camp, made the club, and threw the ball really, really well, like the first two and a half months, first two months. And Ron Clark, who was my manager, he calls me in the office. He goes, hey, he goes, if they need a starter, you're the first one to go. I said, okay, cool. Well, (laughs) the starters kept pitching well, which is great. All for it. And then all of a sudden, the the shoulders started barking again. Yeah, gosh, it's bothered me. Had surgery, was out for the year. Went to Taiwan in '96. That's the year I started doing games yeah. later in the summer. Yep, for Prime. So go to Taiwan. Can't break a pane of glass. I told the 
owner of the team and my translator, hey, I'm not doing myself or the team any good. Just send me home. So, send, so they send me home. I land in San Diego. And Andrew, my son, who's now 28, he's 18 months old. He's in a car seat. I get in the car. Mary's driving. And I say to myself, what in the hell am I going to do now? Right. I, I was like, I'm done. I will never throw another pitch professionally again. And I'm 31 years old. Wow. So I'm scared. Yeah. And thank goodness, you know, Cliff Albert, I mean, you, uh-huh. Jeff, you know, we kind of, Mr. Yeah. News, uh-huh. uh, we, we joke all the time about, you know, the KFMB days and stuff like right. that. But, you know, Cliff and I go back to the playing days of mine with the Padres and doing interviews and knowing the people at KFMB and the Was cur- he the, the guy colonel- mud- was he the guy? Because it's funny. I was going to ask you because when I got to KFMB, you had already been there. You had already there was these. Yeah, this old- was ninety ninety four ninety four. That's what it was. Ninety four. I had a bone spur taken out of my elbow because ninety three. I was with the Rockies. It's gone and it ain't coming back. <laughs> so anyway, and then I, I got hurt, got released, signed with Vancouver. The Angels went up there, stunk it up. And then went home, eventually had elbow surgery, sat out in 94, and that's when KFMB, uh, the KFMB situation came into play. Because we had, it's funny, and you'll laugh because you'll remember this, in those early days of radio, the very big thing where you thought you were a hot shot was if they made a promo card of you. It was oh, like the yeah. five by I, seven promo yeah. card, and it had the KFMB logo. Yeah, I remember. And that. you were like, "Okay, back oh, yeah. everybody, back up!" Oh, right? Yeah. And now you're like, <laughs> "Who would want my promo card?" But mud, there was a promo card, and it was you in the denim shirts. They were very big on oh, denim shirts at gosh. KFMB, and I think it's you. You were at the Quattro too, Channel Four. We had those denim. Yes, remember? But at KFMB, it was you, Cliff, huh? Huh? Hider. And maybe like Marilyn, yeah, and Gail Stewart, and and that's what I was going to ask you in those early days Gosh. of KFMB because so much of that mud, I think, is a part of the path that gets you to where you are tonight. Who believed in you at KFMB I, and gave you that chance? Was owe, it Cliff? I owe so much to those people. Just you know, I, I as you mentioned that Jeff, I put myself in that newsroom. Yeah, remember <laughs> and the stuff that I'd learn and you know learning. I mean, back then, no internet, none. So what would we have the AP wire or AP something? Wire, I'd rip man, and read. all day. Yeah. yeah. And I was really I remember my first uh hit at 15 and 45 of each hour. And how much time do you and have? 45 how, seconds? Roughly a minute. Well, it would vary. Yeah. You know, they'd get in my ear. Hey, uh, Cliff would say, "Hey, we got uh, you know, some news coming in from uh, Chula Vista we need to get to." So yeah. wrap whatever. it up. Yeah, wrap it up minute, minute and a half, whatever. Um but uh I I learned so much there. And got the bug that this would be a pretty good gig if if baseball doesn't pan out. Yeah, I mean when you when you think about that, Dave, it's where Dave and I started, right? And I remember you on the other side of the glass. Yes, uh, picking up the phone and like you know dialing. You had your right. little book there with all the contact right. numbers, all of it. And, and but I, my, think about for you because I say it, Dave and I say it all the time like radio is different now it's corporate that was a family owned iconic station in this town yeah and for the three guys here tonight we were so incredibly fortunate to be brought in immediately felt like we were part of the family yeah right yeah absolutely and And, 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 you know know, I know um, the late great uh, Rick Hill yes Rojo big red Rojo he always used to say to me (laughs) 
<laughs> and you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. I'd see him at the ballpark and he'd say, Hey, Mark, you remember, remember, remember I got you hired at KFMB? Remember? <laughs> you would do it? Yeah. Now, you know, maybe, maybe Rojo did he talk to Cliff Albert. He had nothing to do with it. Please. <laughs> I love the guy. Yeah. But no, but Cliff, man, he, you know, he stuck his neck out and he knew yeah, that I that's the guy. wanted to get into the business and learn the business and, you know, hey, there's going to be some rough patches, right? Right. And so as a program director, what was he, program director? Yeah, for, news director. Uh, yeah. Dude, he was News great. director. And he took that chance with me, and he gave me the show, and, and then I got the talk show with Hank. Yeah. And that gave me some experience, how to handle calls and how to interview, In and out interview people and stuff like that. Live so, reads. Yeah. So it, it was it was quite an experience. You know, the one thing you did that I, I give you a lot of credit for, and, and I don't know if you was – because you talked to your wife about it or just said, this is all I know, but you were you. The, the thing that is so great is you were, you didn't try and be right. Tom Brokaw. You know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> right. Mark Grant and this is my yeah. personality. And yeah. that really is the thing I think has worked for you the most is that you've stayed you. I think that's the most, Dave, that anyone in media can do, right? You've got to trust yourself, be yourself. And you know what? If it's not to the liking of who eventually hires you, that you got to be true to yourself, right? You know, what we're talking about now, and we were talking about before we, we hit the air, but I'm a big radio fan. I love radio. I love getting in the car during the baseball season and listening to other guys that I know. John Miller is the – I think <laughs> John Miller on radio is such a fantastic listen. Yeah. But I think radio is just beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And one of my favorite movies of all time is Private Parts. Yeah. Me too. Oh, yeah. And I tell people, you know, think what you want about Howard Stern, okay? Think what you want about it. But it's a really a great story, you know? I mean, yeah. How yeah. Oh, you're listening to the Howard Stern experience when he's at Boston yeah. College or whatever, right. and he's reaching for the records and stuff falls over. But, you know, we, we all, whatever vocation, you know, you're nervous, you're scared. You don't know how it's going to go, but you evolve and you learn and, you know. Yeah. You know, and why I brought it up, Dave. And there's a lot to be said for that movie about not just him, but everybody in radio and TV, and I think everybody maybe came to that bridge. Yeah. Where the, he said, you know what? I got to be myself. Yeah. yeah. Everyone else is taken, basically. Right. But, you know. It, that's, it, a great, it, that's a great way of looking at it. it you know, here, here's what Jeff and I used to look for all the time, because we had interns that would obviously come in every semester, and they work for us. And, and, I mean, before Jeff and I even knew each other, we always had to deal with interns. And so what I always looked for in an intern was from – the movie Private Parts. Do you remember when he's seven years old and he goes, his dad takes him in. And Be quiet. You're a moron. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Remember? Yeah. And at Symphony Sid starts talking and that look on that kid's face yeah. of I'm in. That's the way yeah. I was. I know Jeff yeah. was the oh, same 100%. way. And if we 100%. had an intern that had that look, we knew we had one, but they were so hard to find. People were like, I'm, I just want the credit. Yeah. This isn't my life. But all three of us love that part of the business. When you, you got in you, there, right? Yeah. In radio. You when know you what? got into that, into that booth, right, yeah. Mud? And Dave, you, know, you know. And you know what? I, I just thought of a moment. I when I was with Des Moines, I went to Chicago, had shoulder surgery at Northwestern. So I was in Chicago for a couple of days, and it was during the late summer. So I went to Comiskey for a Sox game. Mm. So I walk in the booth, the radio booth. Farmio, yeah, Ed, Ed Farmer, Farmer was working with John Rooney. John Rooney, I think. And just in that booth and hearing them talk about the game, and it's like, wow. Yeah, this is something that's really cool. 
an really incredible really skill set yeah. that those guys had to make it that good. And and why I bring this up, and there'll be a couple others that I want to ask you about that are fun. And, of course, we'll talk about the Padre team. But, but this for me, because game one of the NLCS, I'm there with my son, Jack, right? And he now 15, all in on he's the Padre. 15 now? Yeah. The twins are 15? All in on the pods. But wow. he's all in, like, like I was great. as a kid. That's and, great. You, you raised him right. Yeah, and he digs it. And we're there, Mud. I literally been out of the hospital for like a day and a half. And he and I are here together at the NLCS. And they show you and Don on the screen, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And that you was guys great. We were up. fans. We were fans. Yeah. And you're getting them going. Yeah. And and I said to Jack, I go, man, you got to understand. Because he's like, oh, there's mud, right? He yeah. knows you. I said, dude, you don't understand. You got to understand the path that that dude took to be here tonight. Because I'll give oh, you. Oh, that's very kind of you. Well, I'll give that's you another very, landmark. Very sweet. I'm going to give you another landmark that I wonder if you've thought about recently that I probably, people probably have no idea that you were a part of, but I remember. If I tell you the Landmark Theater in Hillcrest, Landmark Theater at Hillcrest, right at 5th, because right above it was the old Cox Cable offices. Oh, Channel 4 offices. Yeah, Channel yeah, 4 yeah. offices. Yeah. Tell people, I don't think people knew, because at those early days of Cox Channel 4, yeah, you would do games with Mel Proctor and Rick Sutcliffe, but what else were you were doing? You were working in that office. I had an office, I had a cubicle, and Sid Tufts was... Cubicle, <laughs> as a former Major League pitcher. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, and that, well, what I, was great was I met sponsors, I met people who were... Uh, Sid, Sid Tufts was the um, top sales guy of the office, right? Okay. And uh, he, he taught me a lot about, uh, you know, what we sell are spots and dots, burgers and beer, right? So he would contact people with Toyota and stuff. And I'd go to trips to L.A. to meet the, uh, I think it was Davis Allen, who was a big uh, um, agency. 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 Yeah. So, and, and then I would go to lunches with Joe Schmo because he's with XYZ Company. And we talk about the Padres and stuff and try to sell advertising for Channel Four, so right? so I did that. So that that taught me a little bit about the the advertising end of things, and then how important it is to establish those relationships. But who and believed in you in, over there? Because Dan Novak, Dan Novak, uh, I Lucino. I, I had an interview with Larry as well, but I did the games on Prime with Bob Chandler. Oh, that's who, right. Okay, I, I owe I owe so much to Bob Chandler too. So do I. Um, what a what a great man. I did the games with on Prime with Bob. I did like 12 games. I came home from Taiwan. You know who else? Another story is Joe Buck and Al Roboski. Do you know this story? No. Mm-mm. I come back from Taiwan. I'm a mess. I don't know what I'm going to do. I know what I want to do, but if I'm going to end up doing it, it's a different story. Cardinals just happened to be in town. So I called Joe. I said, hey, Joe, I'm in town. I'm thinking about coming out of the ballpark. He goes, yeah, stop by, say hi to the booth. I go, How okay. did you get to know him? Uh, we met in 1991 when he was broadcasting for the Cardinals, and I was with the Braves. I was hurt that year. Yeah, I know. Keep walking, 55. I would at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Joe and I met. Um, he was with the Cardinals one year. We were out in Atlanta one night. Uh, we had some buddies, and he was He had to be a kid. Oh, he was 20. Gosh, he was younger than me. Yeah, he was definitely younger than me. He's younger than me, right? Yeah. I'll be 60 in October. Yeah, so he's anyway, got to be 24, yeah, 25. Yeah, yeah. So we met and just became friends. And so then fast forward, I come home from Taiwan. Tell him I'm going to come to the ballpark. 
And uh, he knew that I wanted to try to pursue maybe, you know, get into mm-hmm. broadcasting. And stuff. So I, I come to, to Qualcomm then, mm-hmm. and I stop by the radio booth. It's like the third inning or whatever. I poke my head. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Hey, Al, how you doing? Uh, Joe, Joe takes off his headsets. Al takes off his headsets. And Al Roboski extends his headset. He goes, hey, you want to do a half inning? No way. And I said, what? He goes, you want to do a half inning with Joe? And I said, like, on the air? He goes, yeah. I go, I now I don't know whether Joe got in his ear and said, "Hey, Mark's going to be stopping by," and but I put on the cans, and I tell you what, guys, so much baseball happened within that half inning. It was a long inning. We could talk pitching, we could talk hitting, we can talk defense. Yeah, and I use that as as like a resume tape. A resume tape. Do you still have it oh somewhere? My gosh. I, I'd have to look. I hope you I'd do. have to look. But but anyway, and then, you know, Prime was doing the games that year. So I called Bill Adams. You guys remember Bill Adams? Absolutely. He was broadcast director for the Padres. Yeah. So I called him and said, hey, I'm hanging him up. And I know you probably get a lot of calls. Like a lot of people want to get into the business. But I just wanted, hey, you know, whatever. Throw my name in the hat. Hang up the phone and thinking, no, nothing's going to come of this. So the phone rings later and it's like, hey, we got a weekend series against the Astros coming up in August. Are you interested? I'm interested. Hell yeah. So now I'm nervous and doing, you know, I do that without any, any education on TV. Throwing you right in, man. Yeah. So then three games turned to six, six turned to 12. And then with Bob, with Chandler, with Bob Chandler, because they had a revolving chair of, of analysts. Yeah. Gosh. Can you imagine? Randy Jones, Sut, Frank Robinson did some games. But anyway, then Channel 4, the Quattro came in. Larry yeah. Lucchino, Channel 4 got the rights. Yeah. So then I interviewed with Dan Novak, brought a resume tape, and they called me and they said, yeah, we'd like for you to be part of the uh, I remember the team. And then that's there's so many people. Now you see you're, you're just kindling that uh, that fire that uh, so many people that I really but that was owe, such a- owe so much to. You know, I bet there are so many people like Jeff and I obviously were not only friends, but we're, you know, we're fans and yeah. Jeff and I will always say how proud we are of you. And oh, well, I guarantee you, guarantee you, Buck and everybody else very, would say the same thing. Yeah, that's very I go, kind. Do we know where you came from? I mean, it doesn't we're there. really, it's been an amazing story. And, yeah. and I was talking to someone, you, you can sit there and not say anything with Jeff. will <laughs> do this part because you aren't going to pat yourself on the back. But I remember when the Dodgers did a thing 20 years ago. It was named the greatest Dodger of all time. And there was a ballot. Well, Vince Scully wasn't on the ballot, but he far and away won. And I was telling this person yesterday, I said, you understand, if there was a ballot out now, I go, Tony would be one. Trevor mm-hmm. would probably be two. And I go, Mark Grant would oh, probably be three. Stop it. Am I wrong? That uh, Julius Montos? No, I'm, I'm, no. uh, <laughs> Dougie Gooch? Uh, but I'm sorry, as, as uh, far as being. I'd probably blo- put Mitchell three. Be- no. <laughs> Being loved in this city. Being loved in this city. What about Ted and 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 Jerry and? Well, here's the deal. It's not a shot at Ted. And Ted sat in in, in the garage. Yeah, you know, he's done yeah. the whole thing with us. We love Ted too. That's not it. I'm saying just loved as far as, and I said it. Ernie Martinez and you were like the two nicest Ernie. guys in San Diego. <laughs> but love but no, I'm serious. Am I wrong, yeah. Jeff? That, no, that, and, that, and that, the that thing, mud goes in uh, there as as the favorites. I mean, you are San Diego. And see, that's a funny thing, mud, because you've been here long enough. It's and, very uncomfortable, right? And no, I told you, you don't have to say a word. No, but this is it. You know this town. You've seen it. We've seen it with different players. We've seen it with media. Dave gets it all the time, which we as his friends enjoy a lot. I grew up here. 
so I, I got here when I was a kid, 13. So I could say a lot. I could say a lot about the teams. I could say a lot about the you Chargers. You could say a lot about that trade back in 87. You goddamn right. Jets. It ruined my night. Uh, right. All that stuff. And I could get away with it. And if Dave says anything, no matter what Dave says, Dave right. could say tomorrow's Thursday. Hey, why don't you just move back to LA? Yeah. Right? Right. When did you know, when did you know that this was home? Because you, you mentioned it. Yeah. You're a kid from Joliet. Well, that's You're playing good... in Colorado, Seattle, but when did yeah. you know San Diego was home? That's a great question. And when did San Diego let you know it was home? Wow. I'm trying to now check the hard drive and rewind. Um, well, I got married here in 88, played here with other teams, kept my home here. So I thought pretty much that, you know what, this is where I'm going to be. This is going to be my home. As far as if my to my liking, you know, nobody yeah. knows what nobody has a crystal ball. It's going to happen, but I think when I got traded and came back and started working in radio that time, I was just mm -hmm. talking. I think right then and there, I was like, you know what, this could be my permanent home. Hopefully, for the next fifty, sixty years, whatever. Wow. Yeah. Who knows? Um, and then as far as when San Diego accepted me, as far as being San Diego, is that was, yeah. was that your question? Yeah, because they don't do it for everybody, Mud. You know wow. that. Yeah. Um, gosh. I don't know. Maybe just... Dave, what do you think? Maybe being uh, part uh, of that uh, KFMB, uh, which was kind oh, of the I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was before. I mean, I thought. Sorry, not before that. I thought it was not the '98 season and the memories. Yeah, you know, what? I would say you, people think, associate you with '98. Yeah, that's. A, and I was thinking just about that when we had, when we were doing the games from the old Spaghetti Factory with Morgino oh, and, right. and me and pre and post on the '98. I remember. Oh, right. I remember they won. In Atlanta, and I remember going outside, and the streets were just, and I was running up, running down the streets, up and down the streets. And people were like, say, hey, mud, and give me high fives and stuff yeah. like that. Right then and there, I thought, gosh, you know, this is, hopefully, this is a nice run, but it's like, yeah, people are like, uh, they're, they're, they're like recognizing. Oh, I well, felt that. Yeah, that's, that's, you know? Absolutely. So you're here to stay. And I think maybe part of that was, and the, the success of the team. Boils over to the success of the booth because you guys know as any anyone because exactly. we've heard it before. If you've got a horrible team, yep. people will look at the booth and say, "Oh, you know, you guys don't you guys don't talk about the game." Oh, really? Okay, well, I got bad listener. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag bad listener. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then when the team's doing great, you guys sound awesome. Yes, you guys are great. But but right? I'll tell you as a fan, this is what I looked at, and now I got to be friendly with both guys. But I'll just tell you as a Padre fan. When they brought those guys in, Proctor was a Baltimore guy. I didn't know Mel. I didn't, he's an American League guy. And now he's going to come in and talk about my team. And Sut, who we all love mm -hmm. and got to know and was incredibly it. To me, Rick Sutcliffe was one guy. And it was game five, Dave Campbell, Cubs, Padres. Oh, the Padres are tearing Sutcliffe apart. One of the most unbelievable calls in Padre history. And I'm like... Dude, we beat that guy to get to 84, and now he's here telling us how he loves the team, right? And that's kind of, as a Pods fan, mm -hmm. how we thought things. Yeah. But then you were there, and we're like, oh, wait, that's our guy. Okay, that's yeah. our guy. And you came in, and Mel did a great job, and Sut was really fun. It sure. became funny. And his yeah, I learned it. a lot from Rick. I... No, but you know, at that time, I'm just saying, coming yeah, yeah, yeah. out of the gate. Sure. You got a Baltimore American League guy. I'll tell you what, I heard a story. I don't know if I've shared this with you guys or not, but... 
the the whole hiring process of Channel Four coming to fruition, Mel was the hire. Mm-hmm. I had heard through the grapevine that in a meeting, Charles Steinberg, who I love, mm-hmm. Doctor Charles, somebody after the Mel thing was a go. Somebody mentioned John Lowenstein because he and John Lowenstein right. worked in Baltimore. And you know, Charles, Dr. Charles is one of the nicest, yep. most thoughtful, creative minds there are who loves the game. And we were, Fan so, driven. we were so fortunate to have him and Larry in San Diego. If you're a Padre fan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But in a meeting, somebody told me when John Lowenstein's name came up, Charles spoke up and said, you know what, people? We need some San Diego flavor in the mm-hmm. booth. And I think that's when somebody had mentioned my name. Brilliant. Plus, I was doing games for Prime, so I had an in there as far as they, they you know, saw what I did and whatever. Yeah. So, you know what? I mean, they could have very easily said, John Lowenstein, you know, they've worked together. Let's bring him. Wow. And, you know, I'm... Uh, Timing's great, right? Yeah, yeah. So well, Matt, we got a guest for you. John Lowenstein's going to walk through out. that door right now. Little pissed. Hey, by the way, I know we're going to talk about Padres. Yeah, um, I got a text on my way out today doing something, and um, it was from. Well, let me let me t- see who it's. Uh, okay, right here. I got a text from a friend of mine. He says, "Good luck tonight with Dave." And the unconscionable ball buster, Jeff. Wish I could go with you. I said, want to join me? I'll pick you up. And then he went on and said he's, he's been under the weather a little bit. But um, Mark Musgrove, Joe, oh, Joe's oh, wow. dad, no! so, who loves you guys. No! So, um, oh, that makes me but, so happy. But he said, he, said um, he goes, ask him if they're interested in having Joe in the garage We'd for an episode. It. Are you kidding? Possibly before he leaves for camp. Done. So, Are you kidding? Yeah. So Mark, first of all, Mark and I, I, I met Joe. Joe, it's funny. Mark and I have been friends for many, many years, and we met through. He, I was with the Padres, obviously, and he was um, San Diego PD. Yeah. Oh. He had an event it. during the holidays or something. And he he knew me. And he goes, "Hey, can you show up and uh, maybe sign autographs or something?" Just me. Yeah. I said, "Sure." So Joe was like in grade school, high school. Did you guys know that Joe? Shadowed me in the booth when he was in high school. No, no. idea. Yeah, was, come on. He was he, a, he, he, was he a, older in high school, or was because he was a stud high school player? Yeah, he was. I think a sophomore in high school, okay. and he had a career class. So their job was to go out and shadow somebody that yeah. in a job that interests yeah. them. So his dad contacted me, and I said, "Sure." So I left Joey uh, press fast, and he comes with a clipboard, and he's sitting in the booth there. I wish we had pictures. Um, but uh, yeah, Joe Musgrove shadowed me. <laughs> Joe's sister, we Tara? love, who worked at the Costco a minute Tara. and a half from my yeah, is an absolute legend. Oh, she's and great. I had no idea. She makes us uh, pastries and and at the makes uh, good uh, goods for us every time Joe starts. Oh, so we get like co- coffee cake. Is we love him. Dude, oh, we absolutely great. love him, yeah. and it'd be great. Bring yeah. him. So Mark says hello. He wants absolutely. to come tonight. We, uh, we would love. We'd love. Oh, yeah. We'd absolutely love. Here's yeah. the, here's the funny story is with Josh and I. Josh, my son, is Josh was a, a year or two younger than Joe. Josh was at Eastlake. Joe was at at Grossmont, and there are thirty scouts there to watch Joe. Okay, and Joe was a, an awesome hitter too. Yeah. And uh, Josh is pitching, and he's Josh knows who he is. Like this guy's, you know, one of the best players in San Diego, if not the best player. And he's just throwing sliders at, at Joe. And Joe finally, after popping up in the infield over and over, 
throw me a strike, throw me a fastball. <laughs> Got 30 scouts watching. You know, we laugh about it all the time. And Josh and him became decent friends at the time. They were yeah. working out. This is right after Joe got yeah. drafted by the Blue Jays. <clears throat> and they used to work out all the time at, sure. his, at his uncle's house in yeah. Poway. And it, Joe couldn't be nicer. All the way through where he is now to where he started, couldn't be nicer. It's so crazy that he's here in San Diego with the Padres. Let me tell you something. Joe Musgrove is one of the sweetest, most down-to-earth, caring. The greatest. Individuals I've ever come across. This kid gets pulled probably from every angle, Has every to. which way here, being from San Diego and then yeah. being here. But the 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 uh, his parents did a great job of raising him. I mean, Mark and Diane are just right. super people. His siblings are great. You know what I love? We we were saying it, Mud. Like I, I was just saying as a dad, right? My having my kids go out there to those games. My son goes to Helix, so right across the freeway is yeah. is Grossmont, and he's out watching that guy, and he represents everything you want our yeah. team to represent, yeah. right? He does everything the right way. When you're in that booth, and I know because of COVID, you didn't have the opportunity to be there. Uh, but for the no hitter, yeah. Wow. Okay. I, How, I was like crying almost. You I mean, had to be right. Like, Mud, for everything that you've seen in the yeah. booth for that team, we talked about 98. We talked yeah. about everything. But for that. What's better, Brandon Villaferti closing games or Joe Musgrove no hitter? <laughs> God damn. Right? God damn. I mean, we've seen them things. But on that, on that night when you're in the booth. Yeah. It was so anticlimactic. We were in a booth where just we had big monitors, and they're in Texas where everybody's just going nuts. And, you know, I will say this, though. Caught up in the moment, it was almost as if we were there, but, you know, then you step back, and it's like I'm driving down the 8 going home, and I'm, you know, there's no trap. I'm like, did I just witness a (laughs) no-hitter? Right. So, but uh, anyway, I I, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, it's great because... I was at I was at a game last year. You'll remember the game. Joe's pitching, and there's a collision. I, I think it, uh, Joe's pitching covering first base or something. No, Hassan Kim ran into somebody out in Pro Le- Far. Oh, Pro um, or was it Tommy Pham? No, no, no I Tommy think it was Pham Pro was Far. Yeah, and and the game was delayed. But I swear on that night, I I said to Jack. Oh, Kincaid, it was Pro. Yeah, he was uh, Pro Far was hauled off in the ambulance, yes, right? Right. Yeah, I do remember that. But yeah. I had said about. You know, earlier I go, oh, dude, this guy may be throwing another one. He was humming that night. That's right. And clearly things happen. You, that's you, right. right. Yeah. But I just. He's flirted three or four times. That's the thing that I look at is go, it could come back. But isn't that, Mud, when you look at this team tonight, we'll, we'll kind of transfer to, to where we're at with the pods. I was thinking about all the teams you've seen because Dave and I have covered a lot of the same ones. But you have a much different position as the voice of this team with Don and, and Mike and Mark this offseason going into it is this as excited as you've maybe ever been in the entire run mud because <laughs> a year ago you yeah. didn't have Josh Hader you didn't have Soto you didn't have Bogarts is this where does offseason 23 well, rank with all the others that you've been a part I, of player and broadcaster i think it ranks up there with the year that uh they signed jason bartlett as a free agent to play <laughs> that short. was a night i hope some of these guys hear these shows <laughs> yeah. i no, hope they show up against just, jason bartlett jason was great after i the, hope the they don't fight you in the lexus parking lot but you know what um 
Um, this has got to be one of the most exciting offs. I mean, the, the, Crazy. the, the groundwork. Well, I mean, we could, we could talk about so much about this ball club. I mean, let's face it. Peter Seidler in the front office with the wow. Padres. My goodness. We have never seen anything like this in the history of the game. Of, such of an baseball amazing here guy, right? Diego. He's such a prince of a man. Big fan. Wants to win. Fan friendly. Wants, wants the great experience for the fans. Wants the best for his players. And he's letting, hey, you know what? We've seen it in other markets all those years, and it's like, why can't? Well, now you're, you're seeing it firsthand. So yeah. it, it is definitely, I think, the from what they had and what we've experienced this. And, and don't, it, things, AJ's probably not stopping either. Right. Because I'm sure that he's probably looking for another starter or whatever. And he just maybe, never may, stops, period. May, yeah, maybe catch lightning in a bottle with somebody who's out there still because, you know, all the big-time free agents – pretty much signed as far as starting pitchers are concerned you can always yeah never have like the you know the late great kevin towers always said you never had too much pitching yeah, yeah. so i don't think aj's done but this is a very exciting off season the, the 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 groundwork has been laid the blueprint the last what you go back the last four or five years right pretty How they're crazy. trying to you know build that team so i think the padres right now man i tell you with the way that and dave can chime in here but you know the Dodgers right now really aren't the. Uh, and no, I know it's on paper. You got to play the games, but as far as kings of the National League West, mm-hmm. I think the Padres can take that over. Oh, I agree. I agree with that. I um, here's my my well, once again. You got to play the games. I don't want to yeah, come off and say I'm that, not going to pull a Dave Roberts and say hey, we're going to win the World Series. Well, uh, uh, well, two things on that. Okay, <laughs> now that you went and, and, and ran that that card right there, and I love. Do you, Doc, but and what, I, love I know Doc. you do. Everybody really does. Yeah. Everybody does. But yeah. here's the deal. If I'm a fan of a team, whether Bob Melvin says it, whether Dave Roberts says it, I, I want my manager to say that. Why put the uniform on unless you believe you're yeah, going to win the World I Series? Mean, I, I would so, never, if so, I was manager, I would never say something like that. Well, it didn't work. But, you know, obviously, Dave Roberts, it didn't work, and people remember it forever. But I would say we're going to at least win 60 games. Here's my... <laughs> <laughs> here's, All right. Here, can you imagine? Manager said that. Take it off as yeah. just comes running down there. Hey, one year when <laughs> Bo was manager, we were so horrible. We finished last place. I forgot what, what our record was. It was like, I don't know. 68 and whatever, 72 and whatever. Yeah. And I, I came, I think I was quoted in the paper, Kernan quoted me or somebody. <laughs> I said, um, I said, I guarantee you this next year, we will not finish last because it's so hard to repeat. <laughs> Dude, when I covered uh, the, when I covered the Clippers and Bill Fitch and the Clippers start off like zero and seventeen, right. he goes, "Man, this team is so bad. We're the only team in the league that could lose seventeen in a row and then go into a slump." <laughs> and, 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 and it was it was it was great. All right, so so real quick, I'll tell you my, my concern about the pods, and I agree with sure. Jeff. Twenty twenty three, this this team is geared up to win the World Series. Yeah. And and you see what the Dodgers are doing. It looks like the Dodgers obviously are taking a step back, trying to make the run at Otani. Don't want to get caught in the luxury tax. Can't worry about the Dodgers. You already beat the right. Dodgers. They're in your past. You know, have other steps you need to take as a team. My concern about the team is the the being scared of injuries. You never know when they're going to happen. And you just sure. talked about the pitching. And so they remain healthy. The top three guys, for the most part, have remained pretty healthy. Knock on wood, they they remain healthy in twenty twenty three too. Because what scares me in the Soto trade, you traded so many guys to the Nationals that if you have to polish a piece, you know, add somebody in July in the trade deadline, who do you have left to trade? I think that's the chance you take. That's why I overspend now. That's why I go and I go get, you know, I would have gotten an Evaldi. I would have gotten a Waka. I would have gotten more guys than just Lugo and and Martinez to say, 
you're my starter just in case walk is still out there though you know it's yeah, crazy the, the way i look at that situation and that's a very valid point dave but the way i look at it is hopefully the offense makes up for a little bit of wiggle room for the starters you know what i'm saying yeah i mean nick martinez my gosh you could tell that kid what's not to love about nick martinez wow. this kid has got some sack man i'm telling yeah. you i'm telling you at knowing him and watching him and good kid great kid competitor wants to win cares all that good stuff but you you see that on the mound I mean, he's got some fire in him. So, with that said, is he going to start? Is he going to give you 150 innings? Who knows? Is he going to start and then maybe go to the bullpen and save some games as far as... When I say save, I don't mean save, but which he can do. Yeah. But, you know, hold that lead or hold that deficit, and then the offense comes and, and breaks through and, and, and wins a game. So, sure, there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of up-in-the-air factors with Lugo, with uh, Nick Martinez. Every team does it, I think, yeah. right? You try to... You try to catch that lightning in a bottle, the phrase I've, I've used already, but it's it's one of those things where I think one more guy could really, really help. So, Mike, take us in because you're a guy that in your career, and, and you don't have to do the self-deprecating. You pitched in the major leagues. That's amazing. and You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but no, because this is legit, and I, I want your honest opinion on this. You're a guy that did both. You started and you also pitched relief. Yeah. So the one thing that I look at, and, and I'm sure Dave thinks the same thing is, is your Seth Lugo and your Martinez tonight, and you're getting ready for 23. What's the thing you're looking at? When you when you looked at those two roles for you, when you're a reliever and not knowing, am I going to go tonight as opposed to a starter? And you go, well, I know I'm not going tonight. I'm going Thursday. From a mental standpoint, from a physical standpoint, what are those two guys doing tonight to show that they can fill that four and five spot? Because they got to see there's doubt out there amongst yeah. media and fans. What, do you, only, what do you have to do? I can only speak personally because I did just that. I don't think I had the longevity part in me getting to the big leagues. Sure, was when I was an amateur, and then in the minor leagues, proved that I could start. But you know, as you get higher into the big leagues, you know the the talent gets better. So I found out that I was better probably in short spurts. So hmm. when I was in the rotation for the Giants and then traded to the Padres and couldn't be that starter with the Padres, they sent me to the bullpen. So, you know, you make lemonade out of lemons and sure I was wanted to be I wanted to get the ball every fifth day. Mm-hmm. But I felt like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there tonight out of the bullpen and know that I'm only gonna face the lineup maybe once. There was a few times when I went around, like, mm-hmm. four innings of relief or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I had that in my mind. Okay, it's just just go out of the gate, gangbusters out of the gate, rather than being a starter and thinking, oh, I got to go seven or I got to go eight, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think I had the stuff, quite frankly, because I couldn't consistently throw strikes where I wanted to. Good quality strikes consistently to go deep into a game, to face the lineup more than once. Yeah. Yeah. I just I that's the realization that I kind of came to. And then, you know, you come up with a certain pitch or whatever, which started throwing more change ups and um that's I'm reverting back to what I said earlier. I wish I wouldn't have changed my delivery. Uh I wish I would have remained straight over the top, forcing fastball, good curveball, whatever. Yeah. You know, but but I didn't. But to answer your question, my thought process was okay, I'm gonna go out there tonight and maybe face Three guys, four guys, five guys, six guys, rather than before a game thinking, oh, I got to get into the seventh. And then already I'm like, so maybe to fine tune it, Mud, maybe I should ask right now, 
Is the bigger part of it the mental aspect or is it the physical aspect getting ready to stretch out that's the bigger challenge? Uh, I think right? the, the, the physical part is fine because those guys, you know, in spring training, they'll, what we will find in spring training when Lugo, you're talking about specifically Martinez and Lugo. Yeah, just guys yeah, trying to make that. Those guys are going to get stretched out. Physically, they can do that. It's just the mental part of the game that each, you know, it's subjective. Um, if if they've done it before, uh, they can probably revert back to it and, and be successful at it. So I think it's more of a mental thing than it is a physical thing. Interesting. So, okay, here, here's, for, for me, just watching as a fan, I think you, Darvish, is almost your perfect starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that, if you watch you, you know he's going to go through the lineup more than once. Mm-hmm. So he might throw something to get a batter out in the first inning, knowing he's going to save something for the third time yeah. he sees that guy through the lineup. He's, he's playing the game in his head. I was always a fan when I saw him in the World Baseball Classic and realized he will throw any pitch in any count yeah. at any time yeah. and has the control you were just talking about. Yeah. And the fact that, hey, you know what? There are going to be some really important innings in the fifth or sixth inning. I'm going to need to get this guy out then, and I'm going to remember what I did in the first because he's going to be thinking what I did in the first. Mm-hmm. Yet, he, you understand, he's setting yeah. up down the line for really the battle that's going to determine the, the win or loss in the game. Mm. And you as a, as a broadcast, I'm curious, because I always, I always try and learn as long as this game's been around. You know, I was, let's say, man, 20 years ago, you think you know it all, mm-hmm. but then you learn something as all the time. If you could take what you know mentally now as a broadcaster and all the games you've seen and all the people you've talked to from, from across the country and have given you information, and you could put that into 24-year-old Mark Grant, would you be a better pitcher because you know so much more about the game now? Than you did at twenty four. Yeah, I think so. There are a lot of things I would change. Um, I was I was my own worst enemy. Um, I I mean I was a competitor. I mean I wanted to win just as the next guy, but I let the littlest things just kind of bother me. You know, there's so much the the mental part of the game. You know, there are guys that go out there and they might not have their best stuff, but mentally they stay tough. They convince mm-hmm. themselves that they're Cy Young. Um, mentally, you got to go out there and just battle yourself um i don't know if i'm describing this the correct way but i would be more aggressive throw inside not not with a you know as far as to hurt somebody but just i I was a guy who tried to like you know just kind of nitpick at the corners rather than just being aggressive with guys probably throw more breaking balls too how many breaking balls you see these guys throw these days i mean it's it's like a breaking ball league it is uh throughout you know two oh breaking balls uh, you know the cut fastball. You know you could, <clears throat> you can dice it and slice it down to where certain pitches. Would I throw more of a of a cut fastball? Probably uh, forcing fastballs up in the zone. I was always taught down, 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 down. Yeah, got to keep the ball down. Got to keep the ball down. Yeah. Now it's like w- w- when I was younger, over the top ninety six with a four seamer up in the zone. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, maybe I would have been more successful. If, if that's the way, you know, I pitched back then. For me as a fan, and they always say you need to get more runs in this I, I game. Guess, yeah. I don't like the high strike for the batters because it's impossible to hit. Yeah, Which is, is if is, I was yeah. a pitcher, I would command the and top of that And it's so hard to lay off, right, as a hitter? Because that's where yeah. your eyes are. Right. You see that pitch the best, yeah. but you can't catch yeah. up to it. Yeah. I guess, you know, I just didn't, I didn't trust myself as much as I should. Like, when I was in the minor leagues, I, I go back to, like, when I was in A-ball with the Giants and... Had a great year as a, as an eighteen year old, and it's like I just blew the fastball by, and I no. snapped off. Did it your whole balls. life probably up until yeah. that point. I just tried to throw it over the plate, and throw it. and then as you you know now guys take pitches and they know the zone better, and I kind of got whoa, I got to change my game a little bit. Um, so I would have been more more of a guy who uh, was a, 
more of, I don't want to say it. Would you say more like Musgrove? Yeah, just have because, more, yeah, have more aggression rather see, than being more timid and trying to nitpick and hit, you know, if you miss, you miss, but be aggressive if you yeah, miss. Yeah, you, you, right? you don't necessarily have to be Bob Gibson, but it's right. the one thing I was saying right. that I was going to say about Joe that I like, and I really wonder, Mud, like having watched you pitch, like I, I wonder if fans that know you as the very happy broadcaster yeah. would be surprised to watch you as a pitcher because you did. It was the one thing that we always appreciated as a Padre fan is we didn't feel like guys were going to... I always felt like this team got pushed around. It was the thing that always made me crazy. When yeah. Benito got hit, nobody did anything, right? When guys well, were... I was, get, I was, you know, we've talked about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it made us crazy. But the one thing that, that I look at with this team, and it, it's Austin Nola, and now Camposano's coming up, and, and we've seen it, right? We heard a lot about... Um, uh, mind blank, Caratini, right? right? And 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 uh, God, I'm mind blanking. Uh, the the guy that we loved, you know, let's fucking go San Diego. Uh, oh, Alfaro, Alfaro, yeah. Gosh dang, is a guy on the mound. My I mean, parent. It's, it, <laughs> a lot of, I mean, look at some of the guys you pitched to, right? Bochy, yeah, yeah, right? Bochy, the worst. Melvin, anyway. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Bob Melvin, yeah. Uh, our friend Bob Bradley, that's right. San Diego's favorite, yeah. As a, as a pitcher, and maybe I'm forgetting a couple of guys in there, but as a pitcher. Well, I threw to guys like Greg Olson with the Braves. Uh, Charlie O'Brien? No, not Charlie. Uh, Ernie Witt. Right. Uh, I mean, some guys yeah, that were. Yeah. What Joe Girardi. Another major league manager. Rockies, guys yeah. that, that had yeah, done that. Yeah. As a pitcher, right? Because we're looking now at that Camposano's obviously going to get a lot. This is his chance. So as a pitcher who's had the opportunity to throw to some pretty big names. Yeah. What are you looking for out of a catcher? Good cheerleader. Guy who can pick you up. Guy who can light a fire under you. You know, and I always mention Mark Parent. Mark Parent is a very good friend of mine. Yeah. He he wasn't a number one guy. He wasn't an all-star. But yet he had that personality to where he could pump you up. Yeah. He could light a fire under you. Okay. And like when I went out in relief and he'd be catching, I'd you know, take my warm up pitches and he'd, he'd come out to the mound just to make sure everything's okay. What are we going to go for signs and stuff like that? He'd look at me and goes, Are you going to go after these guys with that shit? <laughs> Is that all you got? Then, then, he, then, then, he turn, then he turned around and walked, yeah. got a little, you know, uh, you know, grin on his face. Right. But he breaks the mood. But, yeah, yeah breaks start, the bring mood the heart rate down, and get, then, get know, you relaxed. He, he, <laughs> he'd be in the bullpen. I've told this story many times, too. I'd, I'd be warming up, getting hot to get in a game, and he'd be the catcher down there. Yeah. So he would look around. Remember the bullpens were opposite? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he would look around the stands there after catching a pitch and throw the ball back, <laughs> and I'd throw a pitch and get up out of the crouch and look, whatever. And i go, Bernie, I'm trying to get hot. What are you doing? He goes, well, uh, the Dodgers saw that you got up in the bullpen. There's a fight at the bat rack in the Dodger <laughs> dugout. So just stuff no, like that. Stuff like that, right? Yeah. Because people say, oh, the framing and all that. And I get all yeah, of that that comes I, in. That, yeah, I like a catcher who doesn't have a wandering glove. Who get, One of the guys I really admired, even watching as a kid and played against him, was Gary Carter. You know, when he gave the sign, man, and he set up on the outside, he, he put that glove up. And that was like a, a that was like the tire at the carnival, yeah. yeah. You know, um, and and it stayed there, and it, he gave you a really good target, right? Um, Benito, on the other hand, he'd give you the target, and then you go into your windup, and then he'd kind of he'd do that like rocking thing, and, oh, the, and, right. and the glove would go down, and and then as the pitch would come up, then he then he'd go for it. 
right? Yeah. And, you know, some guys, it didn't bother. Yeah, you know where you're going to throw the ball, but still, I like to have that visual. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of, of that constant visual of that glove being the target where I want to throw the ball. That's funny. That's the way I teach it to the the yeah. catchers. I, and now and the you want to catch the big square guy, right. kind of like a Mark Parent, like a Gary yeah. Carter, a big target. And I would say, don't move your glove because I want them to picture the pitch before they throw it. If the guy's moving the around, for you or are you catching it for me? Right now, here's the big thing these days because I've talked to organizations and people about starting low and bring the ball up. up. Yeah, yeah, to, to yeah to give the to fool the umpire. Yeah, yeah. Now. That, take that a step further, and I've said this on the air before. If I'm an umpire and I see glove movement, guess what? They're getting I ain't giving you that yeah. call. Yeah. If you're trying to bring it back and frame yeah. it or trying to bring yeah. it up, you know what? F you. Yeah. I'm giving yeah. it, and I'm saying it behind my mask. I'm yeah. saying every time you do it, yeah. if, if, if it not, doesn't matter I'm strike not or not, it. I'm not giving it to you. And, yeah. and you know, I, I just want a guy to give a good target and stick that, you know, when, when, when a 98-mile-an-hour fastball comes there and there's not a lot of movement. Exactly. In that, that Lock glove. your wrist and just catch bam. it. Yep. That yeah. ball is stuck there and... Hey, if it's a strike, it's a strike. If it's not, it's not. How often do you see something that you haven't seen before? And and, and you know, I always joke around that I watch a bunch of games. We sit here. Yeah. I always have a TV going there and I have one going here. Yeah. And yeah. I was trying to catch in about four games a day. I sure. watch a ton of games, and yeah. so I tell you, I, and I, I watch I watch the Padres more than I will watch anyone else. Yeah. Jeff will say it because he's here with me too, watching the games also. And you and I will talk. Joe Davison. That's when I walk no, he in. Won't so ever, I'm not it's sure. true. He always makes me change the channel. Joe Davison, Oral Hershiser. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'll tell I like you, watching it. I remember something in one of your games uh, a few years ago, and it stuck with me that I was sitting. I watch a lot of baseball, but I, not too often do I see something. But when I see it, I remember it. And I'm curious, someone who's seen a lot more baseball than I have is you. The Cubs are playing the pods at Petco Park, okay? Joe Madden's the manager of the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Padres are going to bunt. It's a bunt situation. they got a guy on first base. Oh, I know where you're going. Okay. And what? Joe Madden. Rizzo? Matt, it, yeah, he brings Rizzo and Chris Bryant Has all the way in. Has change his glove? No. Um, oh, okay, go ahead. Okay, he, bring, he puts Javi Baez at first to hold the runner on because the Padres yeah, are going to bunt. And now Rizzo's got to change gloves because he's no longer at first yes. base because he can't play a position yeah. other than first base without him. But he's standing. Mm. He's standing is even with the pitcher. Same with with Bryant. And the batter steps out and looks. I think it was Andy Green. Looks right at Andy Green, going, "What do you want me to do? I'm going to yeah. bunt into a double play no matter what I do." Yeah. Because you couldn't get a big lead at first, right? And you had a left-handed first right. baseman basically in Rizzo who's right. going to turn the throw to second, and you had Chris Bryant who's going to flip it to second, and Andy Green didn't change. Yeah. And Joe Madden completely outmanaged him in front of not right. only the crowd there, but on TV. Yeah. And it was one of the most genius things I saw. And I couldn't believe yeah. Andy Green did not make the, the pitcher swing away. I remember the Cubs pulled that earlier. And when I saw Anthony Rizzo in that certain situation, oh, here we go. And this is the rule where he can't wear a first baseman's glove if he's not playing first base. Isn't that amazing? Base. Yeah. So that he tossed his glove and or switched gloves yeah. or something, whatever. And uh, no, yeah, I mean, that's that's an adjustment that's as a manager yeah but do you see stuff now as a manager as a player that you go man i've never seen that before Oh, you know you know we 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 look back in the past and you think man you know i should write stuff down and stuff i i don't write stuff down but there are many times when i said oh my gosh i don't think i don't think i've ever seen anything like that but nothing you know i can't off the top of my head right now um think of situations but that's the beauty of baseball yeah right um What's your approach each night going in there? Because you have such a wide demographic yeah. for an audience. And doing it every night, a regional. Right. And I, you I have, wanna, you I have wanna... the Frank and Barbaras, but then you <laughs> yeah. also have the people that want to know about launch angle and those yeah. kind of things. And then you also 
Mark as a guy who played it and been out there. You don't want to get stuck, I would imagine, in the jargon. Right. Right? So as you go in each night, and here's the other thing, too, and I, I don't know that we've talked about this, but I'll ask you. Does it bug you when sometimes people dismiss what you bring because they think that and this probably goes for don too that they think oh you guys are just up there come on what's going on back to what we were talking about before being yourself right but yet right then again oh you guys never talk about the game hey hey, bad listener again hey laurel and hardy yeah turn it down (laughs) because yeah because you guys or whoever are selective here you have selective hearing but what's the approach because each I night could, going in? What, my, do, you, what is, do you want to do? Is first of all have fun. Okay. Teach a little something. Yeah. And maybe make them say wow. Oh, there you go. And I want to be. I want to mix it up. I, I don't want to get into a rut because if you're on the radio every day or you're on TV every day, you want to mix it up. You want to make it fresh. And we all have our certain phrases or things that we do. That make us us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Call it shtick or whatever you want to call it. We each do have our thing. But yet, I want to I, I want to expand my vocabulary. Rather than just saying a certain word to describe something, I want to make it fresh. Have you ever come close to cussing on the air? Oh, yeah. The game, <laughs> yeah. Matt Fasker and I were doing that game in Los Angeles when the Dodgers hit back to back to back to back home runs. Yes. And then Nomar won it in the eleventh for yeah. I yeah. almost I, I go, Oh my gosh. That's the night where I was like, You have got to be yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was in the iHeart building yeah, watching that and going That's no. the night where I thought I almost was gonna yeah. Dave, I'm sorry that's, to jump on you, yeah. but you bring up Vascursion and I'll I'll forget to ask this if I don't jump yeah. in right now. So I'm sorry, Dave. What makes a good play by play guy? Um, not take, um, knowing the game, obviously having fun, setting up your analyst, yeah, being a good conversationalist, knowing how to keep the fans engaged when it's a horseshit game. The science to that. There is, there is, um, talk, see, that's the beauty of TV. And this goes back to the people who think that. Oh, you're not talking about the game. You mean to tell me you want me to break down a slider, two one slider when the Padres are down twelve to three in the fourth inning? Yeah, right. Yeah, I and I've said this all along too. This has been part of my not rant, but part of my preaching as far as an announcer goes. I want to bring to the fan as much as the player experience as possible. When the score is twelve, there's been times when I've been on the bench. 12 to 3 game. And guess what? I'm sitting next to Jeff Blauser, or I'm sitting next to Mark Parent, or I'm sitting next to um, Dante Bichette or somebody. And we're talking about something other than baseball. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, we're watching the game. Yeah. And if we're talking about maybe, I don't know, what, pick, a, pick, a, pick a topic. A movie. Right. Pick a topic. And then all of a sudden, Vinny Castilla rips a double in the gap. Oh, yeah, hey, you know, you're up cheering. It's, hey, you know, go, yeah. whatever. Way to go, Vinny, or whatever. Uh, hey, come on, you know, pick him up. Uh, Tino. T- <laughs> pick him up, Tino. Yeah. Uh, Save it, Harry. Yeah, that's my favorite. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, you know, I've played with guys who are very uptight, and but yet through time, they, they have a tendency to loosen up because yeah. it's a long 
friggin' yeah, season, man. Yeah. And I, some of the, you know, some of these fans out there that that I know and stuff, and they're like so intense and so what t- tightly wound. I'm like, dude, you wouldn't last a week in a big league clubhouse or 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 right. or dugout. You'd be in the insane asylum yeah. because you're taking every loss like it's the friggin' end of the world. Yeah. And it's like. You know, do you guys know yeah. what I'm talking oh, I about? I know what you're saying because I've we've been there as as obviously media members. We've watched it. I mean, yeah. the difference is honestly for anyone who doesn't it's know. Like, here's a perfect example: yeah. big game road trip, or maybe maybe it's the last game of a road trip, and Padres have a lead, and then all of a sudden they they you know they mess themselves and ends up losing the game. I'll get texts from some people or something. Oh, I hate to be on that charter. Oh, you know, boy, I wonder what the charter was like on that. Well, you know what? It was the same when they won yeah. fifteen to right. nothing. Yeah, the difference the guys is... Guys find their chairs, and they eat, and they play cards, and they listen to the music, and, to go. and they yuck it up, and it's not that they don't care. Sure yeah. they care. Yeah. But it's their time to unwind. Right. Yeah, when they sat in their chair in the clubhouse after that loss, yeah, they contemplated the loss. What could I have done better, maybe? But you know what, though? You leave the ball yard, and it's like you leave it there. Yeah, for the fans. It's not like everybody's sitting in their chairs with their hands full. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh, we lost, we yeah. lost the game. No. No. For the fans who... who <laughs> it's not the way it works. For the fans who don't know, who've never been in there, here's the difference. You, otherwise, you would never know the difference of a team won or lost. When the music's on, you won. Music's off, you lost. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, the, the, you're right. It's yeah. the same. It's a long season. But for fans, they look at it and they, they take it extremely hard because for a lot of them, they're like, I can't wait till this game starts. Yeah. And, and I, I understand and their thinking, passion. I what if we lose the, the season by one game? Yeah. They go, well, that goes back to May. I was yeah. pissed in May. Yeah. But yeah. the fans don't get it. They aren't yeah. the ones who are tired. They aren't the ones that show up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Right. That stay till 11, 30, right. 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. They don't understand the grind. And I understand their passion because they want their team to win. I understand that, especially being as starved as mm-hmm. us as Padre fans. Yeah, I, want the, I want the team to win as much as anybody. Were you disappointed when you heard Manaya say that he, he was lazy? Yeah, I kind of was. Did, yeah, because we got to know. But you feel that was legit? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he said I don't think it, a guy would say that just to make, I mean. Yeah, but why would you say yeah, it? I mean, no, I know. I mean, I, I got, got it. But I mean, like, I, I, you I know, like that was the guy. I, I, I agree with you guys. But I mean, I don't know. That was one of those things. And, and immediately we do what we always do. We tee him up and kick him. Oh, God damn it, Mania. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> and then you look at it and you go, well, wait a minute. That guy wants to be a part of Sean this was, team. A, Sean's a great kid. Um, he wants to. He's playing for Melvin. Yeah. When right? we first acquired him, when the team first acquired him. And got to know him a little bit. You know, he had that hip hop in his step, and he—you could tell when he was pitching. You know, he, that he cared, yeah. and that he—he just, just you know, it's all about adjustments, man. I mean, you know it at any level, yeah. Dave. Right? As a coach, whether it's little league, pony yeah. league, high school, pro ball, you, it's all about. He just could not make that adjustment um, with his fastball. If you, you know, we're getting into particulars here, but he was just always to the right-handed hitter, up and away, up and away, up and away. He could not get that that glove side down and into the. Yeah, and yeah. you know it just didn't pan out. So, but to hear to hear him say that, yeah, I was surprised and a little disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you look at um, and one of the things I was going to say, but you, you kind of touched on it was, as Jeff said, how do you get ready for a game? I think a lot of it depends on you know the quality of the team. I yeah. mean, the 2003 team compared to the 2023 team, night and day, yeah. on what's expected from you as far as hey, I, I got to add some kind of entertainment because you aren't getting it on the field. Whereas you know the field is what's going to be the entertainment sure. this year, but. When you look at the teams getting ready for this season coming up, is it the same teams that you saw in the playoffs that you're say I'm still concerned about? I'm still concerned about the the Mets, 
the the Phillies, Phillies got better, the Braves, you know, is it still those teams that you're going, that's going to be the competition for the pots? Yeah, I think so. You look at the divisions, you look at certain teams. Now, I always look at, you know, will that will, the, will there be a surprise team in the West? You know, Rockies, Arizona, Giants. This so is like the, John Miller, say the Giants, like... We go to the bottom of the fourth. Giants lead four to three. It'll be Brandon Belt, Buster Posey. <laughs> it's so bad, but you get the cadence though. And John's great. Every time I uh, get back to Jay, Dave's question, but uh, John and I always talk about westerns, spaghetti western movies, okay. and stuff like that. When we when we see each other, yeah. And uh, he, we talk one time. He goes, uh, you know, John Wayne did a movie and uh, Real Bravo. And there was another movie after that, that director, I forgot the director's name, uh, that uh, John Wayne started. And halfway through the film, uh, John Wayne says, hey, didn't we already do this? He goes, just <laughs> shut up, John Wayne, and read the lines. Right? <laughs> you know, whatever. But to hear John Miller say yeah. So he goes, he goes, hey, Mud. He goes, how about uh, Dean Martin? Or no, Ricky Nelson. No, was it Dean Martin? No, Dean Martin. Uh <laughs> <laughs> there's a song in Rio Bravo and um, Dean Martin starts singing and the name of the song is like my rifle my pony and me <laughs> 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 so anyway any, every time John sees me one of the characters I think it was Ricky Nelson his name was Colorado I guess okay. so every time I see John John Miller he goes Hello, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make some noise, Colorado. Because there's a scene in the real Bravo where yeah. there's like going to be a shootout, and John Wayne goes, "Let's make some noise, Colorado." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but see, seeing the other announcers and it's just so anyway. But getting back to your point, yes, yeah, same, um, same, same, same team, same type teams as far as you know concerns. You know, I look at the Central. Gosh, you know, who are the teams in the Central that really... Well, Brewers have pitching. Brewers got yeah. one heck of a pitching staff. I mean, they were lights out. I remember they came to town and, you know... Um, but, you know, the division the division is for the Padres taking. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Rather than, you know, they, they can't think wild card. They got to say... They got to take they the go. division, right? Yeah. Yeah. A uh, um, couple of... Uh, something quick. I got something real quick. You know, I, I brought this kidney in here. Yeah. No, yeah. I, got, I got a cooler. <laughs> I got a Coleman cooler. I don't know whether you guys, like, have... Drinks during the yeah, for yeah sure. You, you know what I brought? What'd you bring there, kid? Look at these. <laughs> what you got? You can describe what's going on, Jeff. Okay, well. you're bringing out a couple of frosted glasses. Frosted yeah, but what kind? Of, what kind of glass? Guinness? Guinness. You guys like Guinness? Hell yeah, Today we did. Hell yeah! I, I love Guinness. Come on, Mudley. I was going to break this out earlier, but our our our, our chat really didn't no, go in that direction. So, as, hey, a, as a broadcaster, you guys wanna- yes, absolutely. As a broadcaster, Mud, one of the things that was so fun for you and for me and for Dave over the years was getting a chance to visit with the different guys that would come to town. Yeah, right. But now the funny thing, Mud, that I was thinking about is, Dave, you remember, but we, we were saying we would go see Marty Brenneman and Joe Nuxell for the Reds, right? We would go see Milo and Bill Brown for the Astros or uh, Mike Shannon for the Cardinals. <laughs> but Mud, now all of those guys that you, me, Dave, had the chance to know and they were all icons, 
a lot of them have stepped away yeah. and it's a younger group coming in. Yeah. Is it a little weird now? Vin. I mean, Vin was Listen our Listen to this real quick. Oh, I like that. Oh, that sounds good. The nitrogen? <laughs> that sounds good. Um, but Vin's, Vin's it, not here anymore. Yeah. You know, our, our friend who will was, hear this, our beloved Glenn Geffner, is not going to be the voice yeah. of the Marlins this year. Which, you know what? I was so fortunate when I got into this business that there were a lot of guys that had been in the game for a long, long time. Hall of Famers, right? Right. Like Vin. Um, Marty. Trying to go around the John market. Miller, you mentioned John it. Miller. Um, Jerry. Jerry, of course. Thank you, Mud. You're welcome. Um you know, you learn a lot from... But now you're that veteran guy. Uh, yeah. And when you and when Awful Announcing and puts you guys right at the top with Kype and... and Krook, those guys are my... Those dude, guys we love them. Those guys are my guys. But when you're rated up there, yeah. and now all of a sudden, are you noticing that as you travel around that some of the younger guys want a few minutes of your time oh, the yeah. way we and used to do it? Yeah, because How you fun, know what? Right? I, I always try to... You know, when I was an amateur, I wanted to be a big leaguer. I became a big right. leaguer. And um, here's to you, brother. Here's to you, brother. Hey, thank you. Thank you. I already started drinking. Mine's sort of halfway gone. I'm spilling a little. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dave's over there just <laughs> drinking. I am. Um, I tried to. Yep. You know, you know, no matter how, I think no matter how good you have it, sometimes, God and, damn, I'm, that's good. and I'm guilty of this, is that we become desensitized. And immune to what we experience every day. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I get to work at Petco Park. I get to travel. I get to watch big league baseball, right? Right. And there are times when I walk in the booth and it's like, eh, well, you know, whatever. When you bad, see down. Bad day. or Not bad day, but <laughs> just, you know, something to bitch about. Yeah. Something to, Marcello. Something, like Newman. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to call BS on yourself and think, yeah. you know what, dude, shake yourself. Right. Look at what you're doing. Yeah, true. Look at look at what you get to do. What's your most memorable night in that booth? The night you poked your head in there and I told you, <laughs> get the hell get out the of here. <laughs> that was every night. Um, What's the funniest moment you had in the booth? Oh, you're putting me on the spot here. Um, Vascursion in St. Louis, that whole thing. That was Tony. Tony was with Matt during that. Oh, During the El Camino and go back to the Ozarks? Dude. <laughs> that maniac he T lost tony, it tony was was on that trip oh my god because i was in tahoe with my wife i had a little vacation yeah and i got a call from Matt. And he goes mud <laughs> oh i stepped in it again i go what's wrong was he, he too rock and roll for this city Excursion? I don't know, but I think he's. I just, love him, man. That's I think our people love the fact. I by the way, you two are really friends. It's not fabulous. wasn't a TV deal. Yeah, you guys are, yeah. are actual friends. We talked today. We talked two, two, three times a week. Is that okay? He did some funny things. Is that the funniest he thing did. he did in that booth? Uh, one of my favorites is when, you know, I've I've got somewhat ADD, and I'm the first to admit it. And uh, Matt would. <laughs> say something like, well, the Brewers tonight have uh, hit uh, four for seven with runners in scoring position. Mark? <laughs> and I go, uh, I got nothing. <laughs> but they knew, they knew, all of us knew yeah. that he, that was like, that he, from the day he got here, right? Yeah, he had, he had said some things where I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he said that. 
I mean, it's like, wow. The greatest. Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, funny's funny, right? That's that's my philosophy. Um, it's, I, watch, is, I watch him every day on TV yeah, still. I mean, he's, yeah. he's so he's, damn funny. Know, him so, and Harold are great together. He, and you you guys know him. I love it would him. be fair to say, he's a wordsmith. Yes. His, and, and it gets back to what I was talking about earlier. His vocabulary, and I, I've learned a lot from Don. I've learned a lot from Matt, Mel, Bob Chandler, especially, uh, Mark Neely, Dennis Morgino. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Remember Dennis did some, yes. did some uh, you know, Dick Enberg, of course. Um, each guy has a quality that you can take a little bit from and, and learn and learn from. Did you ever do games with Ted or Jerry? Radio with Jerry was great. Gosh, what was great about Jerry was that he was so conversational. And during the course of a ball game, he would, you know, describe the action, of course. But, you know, Mark, what would you do in this situation? You yeah. know, uh, you know, what, what's this guy thinking right here? What do you think he's thinking? You know, really great, right? Yeah, you know. So, and, and so it goes generous. back to what I was saying about a play-by-play guy. You know, teeing up the analyst. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, uh, you know get involved in that way. So, one of my all-time favorite things from two guys that I'm so thrilled to consider a friend. I was driving down to KFMB. I'm driving, and it's a weekend. And you and Bob Down Chandler, Convoy and Engineer Road? Right. I'm getting there, and and you and Bob Chandler are doing, like, pregame show. Right. And a guy calls in. You know, it's when he took calls on that show. Yeah. And a guy calls in. Chuck from Santee. Right. One of these guys. Hey, hey, you know, I'm watching that game last night. Scott Sanders. Oh, my God. All he, all he does is give up home runs. And Bob says, all right, well, you know, Chuck, thanks for the call. And without missing a beat, this son of a gun says, <laughs> I know where you're going. he says, Mark is a guy who gave up a few long home runs in your career. What's it feel like? And you pause and you go, well, thanks, Bob. <laughs> and you, Chandler, like, is the all-time greatest. And it was yeah. so funny because he loved you. Like, he always oh, said. Bob. But it yeah. was just the most perfect yeah. delivery. Well, yeah. Mark is a guy who gave up a few long home runs. And I told Bob, I go, Bob, son of a gun. That is the funniest <laughs> thing. And he goes, he, and Bob said, he goes, he said, I'll get aside. He goes, there's a lot of guys I couldn't have done that with. You know what? It's, it went once again, it's, it's being yourself, uh, making fun of yourself because you know, that that's another thing I learned. I learned from Matt was that somebody asked him the question, Serious about your job, but don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. I think yeah. there, I think there's a lot of value in that. V's very underrated as a play-by-play guy. Yeah, and, very. And, you know, underrated. here's another thing about Matt. He will call himself out when when he needs to. You know, and, yeah. and he'll make fun of himself. Oh, you know, oh, I'll get it right or whatever. He'll he'll say something and try correct himself and get it wrong again. And he goes, oh, I'll get it right one of these times or or make some type of joke to just kind of yeah. You know, to ease it up a little bit. Yeah. Right. Uh, he, we love him. Like he's been very yeah. great yeah. to us. And I hadn't it, seen him when, when we were at the winter meetings Yeah, and he was heading out. And the thing that I loved was I've told this story on the show, but uh, Matt was the voice of MLB, the show right? And, and the video game. And I was in the video game guy growing up, but my boys loved it. And Dave and I had Matt on at 1360 and I just jokingly said, I go, hey, man, with this video game, I go, dude, I feel bad for my son, Cade. Cause, and, he go, and Matt was like, dude, 
Send me a note. I do 10,000 names and son of a gun. That's great. If the last couple of years, you can play as Dave Palais, which we put him in the game. And it's so funny because it's like, well, here comes Dave right. Palais out of the bullpen. We always make Dave like 6'7", 280. <laughs> and, uh, but my son, Jack, my son, Kate, and it's Matt saying, well, here comes Jack Dotson for the Padres. Oh, that's great. And, and so Matt is there. And I bring my that's boys. That's going to be there forever, right? And I and I bring them down. And you know, there's a guy from the MLB Network. He does the World Series, right? We all know his credentials. And these two guys are 15. And here's the guy who announces him in the game, yeah. and he talks to him like they've been lifetime friends. Yeah. And God dang, man, you know, Mark, that's the thing that you appreciate, right? I mean, yeah. are the guys? That's I think one of your most yeah, enduring qualities. Mark is known for. Huh? That's what he's known for. Right, is that you've never kind of circling back to the way Dave started. You never yeah. stop being you, which is really yeah, nice. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. That's What if you did, uh, though? Wouldn't that be fun? You just start big-timing people. Yeah. Like only, only happy when total, you're miserable. Who's that guy? the total jag-off? Yeah, to like, you see Bernie Wilson? Yeah. You're like, hey, keep walking. Yeah. Bernie Wilson. I'll let you know when I have time for you. Yeah. The, the, yeah. You the know what? Um, guys that work the press box. Yeah. You know what? Uh I think of like stories like for Don, um, he, you know, we like Dave, you said you wanted to be a major leaguer. Um, you know, Don, ever since he was a kid, you know, grew up a Red Sox fan. He wanted yeah, to, wanted to right. in, listen to Ken Coleman. And he, Don tells a great story. He literally went to Ken Coleman's house, knocked on his door. Wow. And he goes, I want to be a announcer like you. And he invited him in the house. If I get the story correct, then I'll, uh, Call long, the cops. Long, long, long story short, you know, he raided his refrigerator, took a ham sandwich, made a ham sandwich, and um, he eventually interned for because he was going yeah. to Northeastern. And uh, in fact, Joe Castiglione had a class at the Radio Voice of the Red Sox, yes. and Don interned for um, Ken Coleman, and one thing led to another, and started in the minor leagues, and eventually became yeah. you know. It's and, and, and Don understands that, you know, he was once that kid. Yeah. And now when kids come up to the booth or see us, we owe it to them. Right. Because I was I was that kid that wanted to be a big leaguer. When I talked to a big leaguer, you know, the guys who, you know, talked to me and took me under, you know, when I got drafted in 81, uh, the Giants just happened to be in town playing the Cubs. Yeah. So Tom Haller was the general manager. They left my dad and I tickets, and we went up to Wrigley, <laughs> and we're sitting down by the bullpen, and I'm just, you know, I've got my, my high school jacket on, and I'm sitting like three rows up by the bullpen. And their bullpen coach, John Van Ornum, was talking to a gentleman. So we were just sitting right behind him, not saying anything, and John Van Ornum kind of looked past his friend. He was, he goes, What's what's that on your jacket? I go, oh, JC baseball. He goes, he goes, Julia Catholic. I, I go, yeah. He goes, are you Mark? What? And I go, yes, I am, Mark Grant. Yeah. He goes, come down here. He goes, you're a number one pick, right? I go, yeah. So Vita Blue happened to be down there too. This was wow. 1981. He goes, and he overheard Vita overheard, and he goes, what's your name? I go, I go Mark Grant. He, and he goes, and. and he goes, he goes to VO. He goes, oh, he was our number one pick. He goes, yeah. He goes, come down here. I go, on the field? He goes, yeah, come down here. 
Vited sound. Vited. Wow. So he wow. takes me on the field, down to the dugout, and then up into the clubhouse where Frank Robinson yeah. and Don Buford and the coaches and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So my point is, when guys do that, that yeah. that's worth its weight in gold, man. I mean, that, that left an impression. So that's what I wanted to be as a player because it was – taught you know to me and then as an announcer you know, there are aspiring kids who want to be announcers and you know you that's i we we just owe it to them yeah yeah you know okay so jeff and i have said this a couple times on on the show i was telling you before we started the kid directly across the street from me is the future star shortstop for the red yeah. sox marcelo Meyer. story and so he was drafted a few years ago by by the red sox and he's kind of tells a similar story xander bogarts though did that with him Man. And Xander Bogarts, who obviously is here now with the Padres, but he's like, here's a kid that's a future shortstop saying, oh, I was really bummed out that Xander's not going to be the guy I'm going to see in the spring training. Yeah. The guy whose brain I get to pick, the guy I get to learn from, and just what a great guy he was. But he was saying in Boston, he goes, when, first time I went to Fenway, I was able to go with, you know, family sitting in, sit in Fenway Park. He goes, you know, second time through, I couldn't even get a seat. Everybody knew who I was. They had to rush me basically oh, wow. into the clubhouse and, they knew who who basically was. I went to Fenway for the first time in 2018. And the people around me, when I said I was from San Diego, they were so upset that Don Orsillo is no longer with the Red right, Sox. Right. One of the biggest mistakes. And San Diego won that whole deal. But that fan base, you couldn't talk to people in the stands yeah. like normal baseball. If they were so into the game. And I was like, man, this is intense. Like, you can't have a regular conversation. Every pitch was life or death for these Red Sox fans. For the Padres, you always, you know, we always goof on St. Louis, you know, the most knowledgeable fans. Oh, sure they are. But now that <laughs> now that the Padres are, are winning, I mean, the, the fan base has been outstanding. Sure. Right? They cannot wait great. for the season to start. Yeah. They're super excited. I honestly believe they're, they're knowledgeable fans. Yeah. I used to just say, Mark, to be honest with you, it was the best outdoor bar in San Diego was Petco Park when they weren't winning. Now it's, there's a reason to go watch the game and support the team. You get a chance this year to travel around and, and you get a chance to see every team. You know, the schedule's different now. This team now. travels well now, man. Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you what, the that, Padre fans that are showing yeah. up on the road. That's where I was kind of going. awesome. That's where I was going, is yeah. that it's different now. It's not just the the Yankees are the rock band or the Dodgers are the rock band. Right. All of a sudden, when the Padres go, these road games start to feel like, hey, those are our guys. And it's easy to spot the, the colors. And they're loud. And, and that's what I love about the brown and gold, is that it's yeah. recognizable. Yeah. It's not like, you know, before when we had uniforms like the Brewers. You know, it's like... Right? Yes. Right. Remember the blue and white and the yeah, or whatever? Look like the Rays or yeah. Yeah, any other team? So sure. now it's like when we travel and you see that big group of people wearing the brown and gold, I said, that's awesome. Making some noise. Sure, they're not the majority, but at least they're showing their representation and uh, their love for the friar. My, uh, I don't even know how long we've gone, so we'll probably start wrapping this thing up pretty quick. Why? Let's go all night. Yeah. <laughs> you got a napkin over there? Give me a piece of paper. I have you? two. I spilled uh, a little bit of my Guinness. I have two road stories for you of, about times on the road, and I wonder if you remember either oh, one of these. I know where these. you're going. We've got Aqualung? two. Aqualung? Yes! You son of a gun. How did you Sitting remember that? on the park bench. How did you remember that? Oh, because that's your go-to story. No. <laughs> I San have Francisco. A, Yes, I, but I have a second I was one. With the Quattro, I was with the Quattro. Yes. And we're in, I like to call it the countywide leader, as Maddie called it. <laughs> <we're> <laughs> that's what that's the story about Maddie. We're on the air, and he goes, like, for a promo. Uh, be sure to uh, come to Petco Park uh, August 28th through whenever when the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, come to town, and uh, we'll have all four games right here on the Quattro, right, right on Channel Four, San Diego, the countywide leader. 
<laughs> what a jerk. Such a little jerk. Uh, but the other so one. Funny. So we're in San Francisco. We're up there. And Mud and I go out. And Mud, am I right? Shocker, we go out. There's a guy on this little stage in this little bar. And I feel like RJ may have been out with RJ us, too. RJ was there with us. Right. And I feel like this guy is, like, playing, like, a violin. And you talk this guy into, like, playing uh, Jethro Tull? Because yes. of Jethro Tull? Or, no, that, Jethro Tull's a flute, right? Yeah. But, they but, they, the flute. but the guy... The guy did it. Did he? And then the other one is with this maniac. <laughs> and we're in spring training, and we're at Padre Murphy's. Oh, uh, betting the dogs. Betting the dogs with Boach. Mm -hmm. And Dave has had a couple pops, and you come over. I don't even think Padre Murphy's is there anymore. Don't know. And Dave is in the middle of this round table, and he's smoking a cigar. And you come up, and you go, what's going on? I go, watch this guy he doesn't even know that i'm five feet away watching him and he's smoking a cigar like he's mr hollywood and then he's blowing the smoke straight up but he doesn't realize he's directly below a ceiling fan which blows the smoke right down and he's asthmatic so you're asthmatic yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, we got to go tell him. I'm I'll like, give no. you asthma. You're playing golf today, Spalding. So, so you and I, you and I sit there for ten minutes. We're having a beer, and we watch this maniac blow cigar smoke in. And the question is, I've had a uh, one of my was Bavakwa there. Dirty Kurt was not there selling garage doors. The, but. I've had buddies, my buddy Scott King and his three brothers were in Arizona. And you came in and you got a great picture. He said, hey, I went to high school with Jeff and you were so generous. Oh, cool. But now, Mark, I've talked to Boach about this and, and I've talked to other guys. When we're doing that, nobody was doing anything that would have no. been. We're just having fun. Right. But guess what? There's no cell phones at that oh, time. Man. There's no videos. Yeah. There's no TMZ sports. There's no gotcha moments. If, if fans see you, right, and, and whether it's spring training or a roadie like Dave just said, give them a little bit of the etiquette. What's the etiquette for just coming and saying hi? Because you could just say, oh, come say hi. But, you know, there's there's a little bit of a parameter, a little bit of a border you want them to follow, right? Or am I wrong? No, I, I take it as, well, first of all, I, I and this is a good thing. People ask me, does it bother you, like when people notice you or come up to you, approach you? And, oh, I know and, that doesn't. No, no, that's no really it doesn't nice. bother me. It'll bother me when it stops, right? That's usually what people will yeah. say. That's usually. But are you to understand your question? It's like, what's the protocol as far yeah, as I mean, Tony was always dinner. about manners. Tony was always about please and thank oh, you. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I I will. Somebody approaches me if they want to take a selfie. I'm I'm all in. You're just in. Yeah, I mean, but if they just want, try they to want, be. They yeah. want an autograph and. Yeah, I mean, How there are, fun, there are right? some people that are, like, overbearing and stuff like that. And I've never had a situation where I had to say, you know, hey, you know, back off or whatever. Yeah. People are usually generally cordial. Respectful. And respectful. That's good. That's yeah. the one thing, right? Yeah. Just always be. Yeah. I think they are. That's yeah, good. Absolutely. But absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Aqualink, son of a gun. Dude. You know what it's I remember about that Padre Murphy and I? What's that? Because this Padre's Murphy. Padre Murphy. Yeah. Because I've thought about this forever when I ask questions. And I did it tonight, the first question. I did it kind of on purpose, see if you're going to catch me. But I remember we're sitting there, and again, there was a lot of people at the table. I think Al Horton's there, too. I think Alan Horton was Horton, there. What a career he's had, huh? Yeah. I love him, man. That's so happy guy. for Alan. 
So you got boat you, there's tons of people there. And so yeah. I'm, you're just trying to get a question in. And, uh, and every time I would ask a question to Mark, I would say, let me ask you a question. And finally, about the fourth time you just turned to me, do you remember this? He just like yells across the table. Just ask the fucking question. Stop saying, let me ask you a fucking question. And dude, it like tried to yeah. realize that. I was like, shit, how long, how many years have I been doing that? And you know what? But I did it the very first time tonight because I wanted to see if yeah. you're going to snap at me. But, uh, but you, he just, he's Mark, okay. he's not like, it's not your, your character. You just we, fucking yelled at me. We, yeah. Well, okay. Family. This falls under the line of, what you've learned in your career. I don't know whether you guys have noticed or not, but there's one thing that I'm really conscious of when I speak. I would rather have a long pregnant pause than saying, uh, yeah. Yes. Now we can, I'm not saying to, you know, listen to this podcast when it's all said and done, but something that I really pride myself on is that there's nothing worse than when you hear people talk there trying to fill space uh you know really you know I, I i have learned through this business and being on the air that i would rather have that pause yeah rather than the uh exactly. uh like every third word uh uh but it just and when you notice it yeah and that, it drives it crazy and it it drives I, you nuts i love bill handel who does mornings on kfi and it's it makes me insane because oh, really? he can't stop yeah and i and nobody I don't know why, but if somebody ever pointed it out to him, Mud, I'm sure he'd fix it. The guy's you know incredibly what? I'm talented. A big, I'm a big Howard Stern fan, okay? <laughs> I just am. So are we. So are, oh, yeah. But there's two things that drive me nuts about him. And once again, I love the guy. I think he's had a hell of a career, what he does. And people think, you know, you can say, you know, he's mellowed over the years. But it's the people around him that's kind of makes the show. Sure. Although he's a great interviewer. Here, and next time you listen, here's, here's, and we all, don't get me wrong. I fall into traps. I say the same oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I, but we do it. You know, I mean, he says a lot. So, in other words, yeah. Mm. He says that a lot, which is fine. But here's another thing that he, um, uh, I was listening today, in fact. I don't know whether it was a rerun or was today. Because there's a new one. Pam Anderson. Uh, Pam Anderson. Right? Pam yeah, Anderson. Yeah. So, here. Rather than letting the guest tell the story, he he will tell the story, and he might get something wrong. No, that really wasn't what happened. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, he wants to be the therapist tell, on the show. Tell, pose the question. Hey, what happened in 19x when you got hired to do Baywatch? Rather than okay, you were hired on Baywatch in 19x, and this happened, and that happened, and that happened, and that happened, and that happened. Let, let her tell. Exactly. No, no, don't get me wrong. Howard Stern is, I mean, he's the king of all media, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Good man. He's had a heck of a career. I love listening to him. And once again, I am guilty as the next guy. But it's just stuff like that that. I'm you with know. you. I, I catch all that You've stuff. You've been a guest you know, on you know, the wrap-up show. Yeah, How I love, fun I, is yeah, that? Those guys are, <clears throat> those guys are great. Um, Here's more than gracious. Yeah, and you and, got the uh, Padre jerseys. Yeah. You got Gary yeah. Anno annoying. Annoying. Yeah. <laughs> you got yeah. him annoying yeah. jersey. Yeah. And John Hine is great. And, uh, you know what's great? It's like um, <clears throat> on Twitter, uh, uh, DMs. Yo, oh, yeah, sure. Well, Marianne from Brooklyn will like DM. No, oh, yeah. my, come on. That's, that, that, That's yeah. when you know you yeah. made it. But right? uh, but anyway, speaking of radio. Well, I got to tell you, my stern thing to catch that cracks me up. It doesn't bother yeah. me, but it cracks me up. I don't know if it's an East Coast thing, but if you say something you agree with and you'll just go like yes or correct or right. He always says that's right. 
every time. You ever notice? That's right. Yeah, and, 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 it makes me laugh every time he does that, it. That's right. And it's like, I don't think I've ever talked like that. Now before. that you've said that, it kind of rings a bell, and yeah. I can hear him saying that. Yeah, now we'll but, hear but it. But tomorrow we'll want to fight. I, you. I, I love. You'll laugh at it. You won't, yeah. you won't get mad. I just love the way he runs a show. The way he <laughs> still runs it, Mark. After doing it for as long and as you know he's done, you know what else? It's, it's incredible. Hard. It's hard. It's hard. He doesn't really horse laugh all that much. And mm. what what makes him so fun to listen to is that it could be the funniest moment and i'm laughing i'm horse laughing in my car yeah. but yet he's still playing it straight and, and playing it as if it's like like really a serious interview right when he had he had a fake mark Wahlberg or fake trump come <laughs> hollywood on. squares yeah and the guy who does him and yeah and it's good but mark and i was saying the other guy we love is phil Hendry. phil Hendry. phil Hendry's the greatest oh, ever how just you know what to hear him is one thing but right. i you youtubed him recently over the last couple oh, of nights yeah. to see him work todd villalobos and i went to camp camera, and watched yeah. it dude it's on is he still on the air he, you know what he was mark? on a tv show recently as an actor yeah yeah i looked at his imdb page i just think i i I didn't ask him. We went and met him, and he was so great. He was going to come to KFMB. He's got four or five people on the line at one like time. In the studio, and then and he's running the board. What are you telling me? And then he's got the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he presses the button because it's got to be the phone line. He runs his own board. I know. For people that don't know, Phil Hendry was a longtime talk show host. Started in Ventura, went to IOD in Miami, was going to come to San Diego. Our boss was going to work at KFMB. Our boss, Dave Sniff and Bob Bollinger, go to watch him. How could you not hire this guy? Because he did a bit where he faked the voice of Brian Cox, the Dolphins linebacker, being gay. And back in 95, when things were way different, uh, and KFMB was, we talked about it because we all started there. It's a very family-owned sure. station. But then he went to KFI, and uh, my buddy was the producer for John and Ken. So yeah. we went to meet, and I said, I want to hang around for the Hendry show. Yeah. And this guy, Phil Hendry, would do a show every night. He would come on, and he would say, hi, everybody, I'm Phil Hendry. A lot of things going on in Orange County crime. So joining us right now is the president of the Citizens Auxiliary Police Department, Mr. Jay Santos. How are you, Jay? And the phone line would fire up. <laughs> Phil, I'm great. It's so good. <laughs> And what people didn't realize was Phil was Phil, but he was also Jay Santos. Yes. And so then they would incorporate calls. And at the, the whole time, Phil is running the board. So he's controlling his own microphone. Then he pots himself down. He pots up the phone so he can be Jay Santos. Now then he's got to incorporate a call. They're all talking over each other. It's unbelievable. He was absolutely the greatest. And we went there one night. He had just broken up with his girlfriend. He's like, where are you from? I said, San Diego. He goes, you hanging for the whole show? I said, no, we got to get back. He changed the whole show on the fly. He goes, oh, I wasn't going to do voices till hour three. But he goes, like, screw it. We'll do it right now. He would come in at every break, and he would be like, Mark, Dave, here's the ultimate payoff. I'm going to go here. But before we get to the payoff, should I go lane one, which would kind of be like, maybe that's the wife's fault. Should it be the girlfriend's fault? Be like, oh, yeah, the girlfriend's fault. Okay, cool. I'll be right back. And then he'd go in, and he's, look, man, he's, Mark, you know it. Yeah. Anybody who's ever heard yeah. him, anybody's, as our friend Darren Smith said, 
anybody who's ever been fortunate enough to feel the energy of turning on the red button to turn a mic on, yeah. buddy, if you don't say Phil Hendry's the man, then, yeah. right? Well, yeah. Um, and, and just, I don't know why it's taken me this long just to go to YouTube and watch him work. I mean, it's unbelievable. On, on camera. And the nice thing about Howard Stern is that, like, you can you can watch the, the stream, too. He's incredible, too. He, he really is. And um, the way he handles interviews. Have you seen the Springsteen Loved interview? It. Yeah. Was that incredible? I loved it. How they he went, he like went from it. chair to the piano Dude. and then back to the chair to play yeah. guitar. He's a Luke Bryan fan. He didn't like it, but I liked it. <laughs> but you know what? If you're a fan of the business. Hunting, if, fishing. <laughs> yeah, if you're a fan Shut of the up, business, yes. you, you got to watch Private Parts. Right. Yeah. It's perfect. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Mark, I, I, it's funny since you're a Padre guy, uh, the, the best Phil Hendry one of all time. Oh my was God! Right. The best one, what? Best Phil Hendry bit he did. Oh, was he had a guy who called in and said he was a huge Padres fan. Really? And he realized, well, it's fake, but <laughs> this is this, no, is, no, I know. this yeah. was his bit. Huge Padre fan and realized the Padres play better when there's a bigger crowd. So he would charter five buses a night from Tijuana to <laughs> flat bring beds, Dave. Flatbed yeah, trucks, to, not even buses. <laughs> flatbed trucks to bring bring him to Jack Murphy Stadium to support his favorite team because he wanted the pods to win. But he would get tired in the fifth inning and go home and just assume that those guys found their way home. And then people lost their mind of how yeah. ma- doing the math, going 81 home games, how many illegals are coming over? Yeah, on a goes, flatbed. Yeah, and dude, people lost well, their fucking in the mind heat, yeah, the, calling in. The thing is, yeah, that's that's just yeah. the thing. The people that call in and think that like it's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because how could you? How dare you? That's what yeah. they're say doing. that about. It. Well, he goes, well, you know, whatever. Yeah, and his <laughs> boss, who was like the nicest guy, David G. Hall, he would always do his voice, and then on uh, Cinco de Mayo, his <laughs> boss said, "Phil, you know, he's doing the different voice. Phil, we're going to celebrate our friends south of the border." Please sing the song I gave you, David. This isn't right. Sing it, Phil, or you'll be in my office in the morning. So then Phil starts singing La Cucaracha. Louder! I don't feel like this is right, David. Who runs the station? And it's just him yelling at himself, La Cucaracha, La Cucaracha. It's the stupidest show, and it was hysterical and brilliant. So, well, Dave, I think what we should do is we can, uh, let's just do this. I'm sure they will all understand because it's been an incredible night with Mark. We want to thank Dan Williams. We want to thank Brian Curry. We want to thank Kyle Pfluger. And we want to thank Alan Taylor for making this show happen because they are absolutely the backbone of the show. But, Mud, I know we've gone, I think I told you we'd go. About an hour, 45 minutes. Yeah, I think we figured we'd go 18, 20 minutes. Dude, you know me, and I, I value our friendship because what we've been through through the years and supporting one another, which I greatly appreciate. I could talk to you guys. We could go four hours. Remember, uh, I was saying to Dave the other night, one of the coolest things, two things with you for me that have been so much fun, early, 96, 98, sitting at Qualcomm Stadium, yeah. goofing around with the tape recorder. Remember that? Mike, we were doing Mike's Mike Hey, swing it a long one. And other guys. <laughs> so we would do that. And then the one that I always say to I my got, friends. I tell you what, I... I got one word to describe Mark McGuire. <laughs> He's one heck of a ball player. <laughs> I'm going to give you, you're going to end. Hang on. We usually do five questions, but we're going to end with five voices. But the other thing that I love. Five questions? We usually do five questions, but I'm going to give you five voices that I'm going to have you do because they're my favorite thing you do. Well, hang on. I wish, before but, that. But before I, that, I wish, if, if I could snap my fingers. Yeah. A few things that I wish I could do. 
One is play an instrument. Yeah. Two is speak a language fluently. Three, I look at people like Bill Hader, impre- oh my God. impressionists. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. When he did the puppet, Tony? Oh, gosh. Bill Hader is so funny. Talented. Right. He, but anyway, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and the other thing that so I remember. That you don't want to play impression. the piano at Nordstrom's? You don't want to be that guy? <laughs> yeah. I would love to do that. <laughs> I, I say to friends when we talk about it, do you remember sitting? I was saying this with Dave. Dave and I brought this up the other night when we were talking about shit coming in. 98. When we're sitting in that booth, Pete Van Weeren to our left. When yeah. when Kevin Brown comes Marcus, in from the bullpen, Marcus, Marcus, and oh, uh, Marcus. No, we were just hanging out. No, but that's what he was saying to me when uh, when we Pete I Van was, Weeren? When I was with the when I was with the Braves. Hey, Petey, what's going on? Oh, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, Kevin Brown comes in, yeah. and he looks over at us and gives us the throat slash yeah. and says, it's over. I almost threw up that night, by the way, when Michael Tucker hit that home yes. run off Brown. Yeah. And Joe I, Simpson. I literally almost got sick. Yeah. I thought we were going to have to fight Joe Simpson in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, all right. I'm gonna give you. I'm just gonna give you five voices. I'm gonna start random, and then we're gonna amp oh, up to my gosh. favorite one. All right. Okay. All right. Number five is my main man out of Colorado, Wayne Hagen, San Diego State Aztec <clears throat> graduate. <laughs> Gotta be careful what you say. <laughs> Gone, and it ain't coming back. Please. <laughs> was that to you and me, or just to me? And I passed it along to you. <laughs> That was, that was, okay. You've done Mike Shannon, which is great. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something, big boy. The Cardinals, I tell you what, they're going to win this ballgame. <laughs> <laughs> Number three is Harry. Hello again, everybody. Harry Carey along with Jimmy Pearsaw from Comiskey Park. Jimmy. Here's Butch Weininger. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> hey, by the way, there's a Harry Carey thing on YouTube. Um, uh, there's a fight in the Twins' dugout. At Comiskey. No. This is a long time ago, early 80s. So Bob Albrecht was a guy who worked uh, one of the cameras down there. And, uh, hey, there's a squirmish of the Minnesota Twins dugout. Well, let's get our guy Bob Albrecht down there. <laughs> so anyway, they come back and say, well, we got word from Bob Albrecht <laughs> that uh, Kenny Landro, he had a bad thumb. Well, they're out in California. And Butch Weiniger said because he didn't play in the series butch wine this is on the air this is all for me butch weiniger call him a pussy (laughs) it's it's on the air it's on youtube and jimmy pearson goes oh oh, is that is that right harry oh wow uh okay uh yeah you gotta look it up it's like harry Uh, carried and then the underscore like three and Carrie spelt not the right way. C A R. The right way is C A R A Y, but it's like C A R R Y or something like that. But, but our guy, it's, it's unbelievable. He said, oh, he said that on the air. Our guy uh, Ben Gallo got me a game used Butch Weininger bat. Oh really? Well. Okay, That's awesome. but you already did John Miller. So let's just close John with John Miller. Here's the Giants. Here's Brandon Belt. And do Dave and Fleming doing John Miller? Because you said Dave Fleming, you pointed that they have a very similar cadence for oh, all those yeah, guys. Dave Fleming, the- yeah, Dave Fleming is very good. Um, but no, uh, let's move to number one. Okay. My new favorite guy that you do is, of course, Ted. Oh. <laughs> we get on the bus to go to the ballpark in uh, Colorado. and uh, What year? Uh, this was, wow, 2000. 
2015, maybe. Okay, not not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, he gets on, you know, it's the media bus. There's only like four <laughs> yeah. or five of us on there. And Ted gets on there and he goes, uh, your attention, please. <laughs> he goes, uh, FYI, the green stuff in the bottle in your hotel room is not mouthwash. He swallowed and put in his t- shampoo. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, FYI, the green stuff in the bottle in your bathroom is not mouthwash. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mud. <laughs> oh, do you laugh at home every time you even see mouthwash? What's that? Yeah. Do you laugh every time? Every time now I go to the the the, uh, the hotel and see that in the in the restaurant, I think of Ted. Dude, how great Ted is, is he? unbelievable. He's the best. <laughs> he is the absolute he greatest. Is, you know what? He yeah, just gracious with his time. Good stuff. You know, when we're in the broadcast booth with TV, we got some time to kill. Maybe before yeah. the pregame show or whatever. We'll say, you know, let's go over, you know, let's go talk to Teddy. Teddy. Let's go see Teddy. <laughs> yeah, get him riled see up. See what he's up to. And uh, he, he's just a treat. He's, he, uh, he's awesome. So I worked on his show, and I would screen calls. I'm fucking dead. This guy, I'd have calls up there, right? <laughs> and I, I tell this story all the time. He was so great to me, and I had so much fun with him. But he, when he was doing... You know, the Ted Leitner afternoon show, right? What a man, what a man, what a man. What a man. What's, Remember? Uh, uh, then he'd come and he'd say, ah, oh, there's salt and pepper. <laughs> not, not, not salt and pepper. So Salt and pepper. He, he, knew I, he knew I loved him. So every day it would be the same thing because I'm screening these calls, right? And it could be, you know, Debbie and Delmar, the world is flat. Ernie... <laughs> Ernie and Escondido, right? Like Hitler had good qualities, right? Mary, Mary in Mission Valley was, you know, have some other thing. She killed JFK. And then the last one would be like Gladys in Grantville, 88-year-old Ted fan. And I'd have huge asterisks, don't take. Grantville, you there? And I go, Fuck! Hey, you're not Larry King. Can you just, goddamn it, Ted? Larry King, can you uh, just ask Adino, go ahead. Right, I'd say, Ted, can you just say, goddamn Gladys, okay? <laughs> they love you for two seconds. Can you act like you give a shit what they think? What? Yeah. And I'd be like, just, goddamn it, read the board. <laughs> Escondido, you there? And then there'd be this long pause, and me and John Dean. John Dean, I love John Dean. Hello? Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. Dave Sniff, why are you putting these assholes on the air? You fucking put them on the air. Ted's dying. And then his uh, his exes would call. Oh, on really? the hotline. On the hotline. No, oh, not on the air. Oh, on the hotline. So Ted would just be in there reading the paper. Teddy. <laughs> yeah, my voice is yeah. all shot. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah. I'd say the name. Is on the hotline. So then, you know, conversation may not be going Teddy's oh, way. Yeah. Hey, Ted, 15, we got to go, baby. We're back. 15, 10, 3, 2, 1. Hey, we're back. And I've never, oh, dude. The way to see him work. He's incredible. He is incredible. I love him. But that goddamn and, guy. And whenever he emceed an event, oh, yeah. wow. just sit back and enjoy because. <laughs> but another guy, Mud, who was so, right, Dave and I have said it. So incredibly nice to us when he didn't have to be, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing as a broadcast? Absolutely. In fact, 
Ted stuck up for me or put a good word in for me on the air. I was at KFMB. It was during his talk show. I was in the hallway, and it was during the whole Channel 4 thing, getting the rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And from from us, because we had him on Channel 8. Right. They took him from us. Right. I, mean, I don't know that we fought for him, but still, they took him right. from in-house. So they were in the process of hiring, and I had been doing radio for a little bit, and he actually said that if the Padres don't, he said this on the air, and I was like floored. Yeah. He goes, if the Padres don't hire Mark Rant as their color analyst, they're crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. You man, guys are great, by the dude, way. We can't thank you enough, man. Again, we're, it's funny thing is, as a, we were said at the beginning how proud we are you. Obviously, I Bob Chandler, that. I know, feels the same yeah. way, and so many other yeah. people's Thanks. names came up tonight. Teddy. Cool episode, but Ted Leitner, absolutely. So we, yeah. we can't thank you enough for doing this with us. We, we missed you, obviously, not being able to do this. We talk to you all the time. We probably bother you too much during no, games. It's text never, messages. You know what? I encourage you to text me during games because <laughs> I love it, it might give me something to talk about. <laughs> but especially now, Mud, because as we get ready for spring training and we get ready to move, man, these last couple of days that you get to spend with family i know time right because you're on the road a lot yeah it is change it's, up, it's so. a long season it's a grind but you can always find time for you guys thank appreciate you appreciate you buddy That's we love awesome. you man i have love great, you too thank have you a great so 2023 you as well thank you so much for the kind words and uh peace and love to everybody thank you Sneaky backstreet door, I laugh so hard.